This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. ¿Qué tal amigos? Les habla el cero miedo de la lucha libre, Pentagon Junior, para mandar un saludo a todos mis amigos de este podcast, y ya saben, puro cero miedo. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling, with your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 118. I'm Nick Howell. And wondering why the sight of Daniel Bryan's new WWE title belt makes me hungry, I am Sir Ian Dangerous, <laughs> and welcome to the show, everybody. It's a... It's, we just had Royal Rumble this last week. Was that a, was that a weed reference? No. No. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. It's made <laughs> out of hemp. It's sustainable. Uh, we'll get to that. We have a lot to talk about this week, Nick. We had the fallout from the Royal Rumble. We had uh, a lot of things go on in WWE on the main roster. Plus, we had a couple of shows from New Japan. Uh, their new beginning show, uh, tour is going on in the U.S. right now, and they're building up for their return to Japan when they'll have some uh, new beginning shows there that will actually have a little bit more to do with their ongoing storylines than what they're doing over here in the U.S., uh, will there be Japanese superstars this time? Uh, yes. Yeah, there will be okay. no more issues with their visas, uh, we hope. But uh, yeah, no, we're also we're, we're turning the ship in WWE towards Elimination Chamber. We hit a lot of build towards that very rapidly. People were wondering when they were going to start talking about the Women's Tag Team Championships. Right off the bat, right away, we had to talk about, we gotta talk about that. Uh, but before we get to any of that, Nick, we got to do some housekeeping. Yes, thank you, sir. Uh, as always, guys, come hang out with us in the Facebook discussion group. Just come over to Facebook.com, search for Busted Wide Open, and you will find us there. Send us a join request, get in the group, and hang out with all of the other listeners. Also, you can join us for live chats. We had a fantastic pair of live chats go on this weekend, Saturday for TakeOver Phoenix and Sunday for the Royal Rumble. Thank you to everybody for hanging out with us this weekend. It was a lot of fun. We got one scheduled already for Elimination Chamber, so make sure you come and get in the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook so that you're ready uh, on the 17th, I believe it is, of February. Uh, also, we're on Twitter at BWO Podcast, YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. And if you love our show and want to give us some support, throw a couple of tips in the bu- tips. Throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar over at patreon.com slash BWO or sign up for one of our awesome subscription tiers for monthly deals on all kinds of good stuff where you can interact more with the show, ask listener questions every week for the mere starting price of just $5 a month. Ooh. $5. That's it. Ian, you mentioned Elimination Chamber. I know I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you also mentioned 
the women's tag division, which I had speculated what we weren't really going to hear much about till post-WrestleMania season. But before we start talking about all of those things, we got to head over and talk about the big news. So this week, I, I couldn't wait to get to this show and do the show because we had some big, 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 big breaking news. Uh, the top of the story, the top story of the week is Dean Ambrose has asked for his release from WWE, or more specifically, he has said that he will not re-sign a new contract post WrestleMania, which is when his current one comes up. Uh, this was rumored at first; it was uh, first broken by the PW Torch, uh, but then it was confirmed by WWE. And uh, so now we know Dean's probably gone. I mean, obviously, there's there's still the uh, the possibility this is a work of some sort uh, that they have some sort of storyline planned around this. But it seems to be an odd way to go about doing that, seeing as they haven't really dealt with contract issues with him on TV or anything. So uh, right. that uh, you know, some people in the back, like some superstars and 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 talent relations, have still said they think it might be a work uh, because it was almost no one knew about this. This came out of seemingly nowhere. Um, PW Torch said, quote, sources tell PW Torch that Ambrose had long been frustrated with the creative direction of his character and reached a breaking point recently. He's indicated to WWE management this weekend he's not interested in negotiating further and made it clear this isn't about trying to get more money. Um, other things that I've seen basically indicated that he, he's sick of the hokey shit that's been going on with his character. And I can't say I blame him with something we've complained about quite often on the show is yep. their misuse of Dean, especially since he came back from his elbow surgery and near death experience. Thanks to the, to the staff infection that he got as a result of that surgery. So we've been talking about how he's been mishandled and how they had the opportunity to have him be just a really cool, badass character, either as a face or a heel. And they completely bungled it. And instead we got Bane Dean and getting shots in the butt to because inoculations against quote unquote the crowd so if this is true it doesn't surprise me at all me either me either um and i have to say the way that i i don't know we we see superstars get future endeavored air quotes every now and then and it's we wish them their best in the future i don't remember the last superstar if ever that they came out and said ahead of time that a superstar has elected not to renew their contract with the company and I'm sure it's happened before. There's just nobody that's coming to mind that it's been handled this way. That's what stood out to me about this announcement. It wasn't. I'm not surprised that Dean's leaving. Well, I'm I mean, we're surprised we that. that he doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. But I'm I'm surprised that they're handling it this way. Well, they they did um, something along the lines happen with Neville, except that he waited out his whole contract. They didn't want to let him go, and so he just shut up and waited it out. And then when it was up, they announced that he was done with the company but you know at the same time that was also addressed long before he was out of the company so it, it isn't completely sure. unprecedented uh and everyone thought the neville thing might have been a work at first and it certainly was not uh but this is one that's a bigger deal dean is you know we mentioned this last week he's held every title in that company he's done pretty much all there is to do so he's a a, a huge chip on the board especially given right now that there is a lot of big things going on Outside of WWE, and I know that there's the the joke going around that until there's a match card, AEW is just a t-shirt company, but at the end of the day, they're out there. They have a, a multi-billionaire backing them who's got a bunch of money he wants to throw around at big talent, and whether or not Dean says it's about the money, it could be about the money and the creativity. He can go get his current paycheck 
and feel like he's getting closer to what he was before he came to WWE when he was in CZW and was you know genuinely hardcore and genuinely nuts as John Moxley. So I mean, we are people are already challenging him. Uh, Jimmy Havoc, who's a noted hardcore wrestler on the Indies, has already called him out and said, you know, I'll, I'll take a match with John Moxley. And shit, I would watch that. I would watch Moxley versus. I'd watch the shit. Jimmy Havoc, absolutely. Hell yeah. So yeah, so Dean looks like he will be out after WrestleMania. We might even see him get written off of TV starting now. Um, We'll talk about what happened with him on Raw this week because if that's the last time we see him, it'll be an interesting way to go out. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Well, do you want to talk about it? There was something that happened on Raw this week, and I kind of I'm inclined to leave it towards to Raw. But after his match that we'll talk about later, uh, he s- sat down in a chair in the ring trying to pull a Kevin Owens, and then like nothing happened. So I'm wondering what elements th- you mentioned him being written off TV. I'm wondering if that was shooty in a way where he just grabbed a chair and sat down in a mic and started talking well let's just cut him cut him off yeah let's talk about that when we get to raw because i definitely do want to dive into that a little bit deeper and what all transpired there because i I definitely have thoughts and theories speculation but it's still something that i wanted to chew on we got some more big news to get to though for instance hideo itami also asked for his wwe release and was granted it um so apparently the last time we see him will have been this week on 205 live where he, uh, he put over Akira Tozawa, and he also put over Buddy Murphy at the Royal Rumble, as you may recall. So, yep. Itami, does, it doesn't surprise me he's on his way out, that he's, he's taken his arm flap and flown the coop. It doesn't surprise Ooh. me at all, because he's had a, just a... I mean, not entirely the WWE's fault either. He's had a rough go of it in WWE, just plagued by injuries, start-stop booking as a result, uh, could never really get any traction in WWE. And it's too bad, because Kenta is one of the great wrestlers in the world it's why he was initially uh brought to wwe and why they were so excited about him right so this is it is too bad that it just didn't work out but maybe it's one of those things where he can go off and and raise his stake his his profile a little bit somewhere else and then you know come back reinvigorated or get really what he should have had in wwe somewhere else either go back to new japan or dragon gate uh or all japan or AEW, Ring of Honor. I mean, the, the world is your oyster at this point when you're a guy with a name like that. I'm so, pretty sure he's going back to Japan. I, I don't think he's an AEW candidate, to be honest with you. We'll see. We'll see. You don't know uh, what's possible these days. So yeah. uh, lots to think about there. Hopefully, wherever he goes, he finally gets the respect he's been asking for. Uh, finally, there was a report this week that Brock Lesnar has been in a bidding war with UFC, WWE, and AEW. Can you imagine Brock Lesnar going to AEW? Yes, I can. Really? You can? Yes, I can. Do you, th- you think um, that he would put out the work rate that they would need there or want there? He legitimizes them the same way that you've argued for years now that he legitimizes WWE. So he, he's a name. He's a brand. He has the UFC, the, the the amateur wrestling pedigree and background. I mean, that's that's and you know, fifteen plus years in the WWE. So yeah, on paper as a resume, yeah. And frankly, a lot of those guys have worked with him already and know how to handle it. Well, specifically so, Jericho, who's been tweeting out some 
some stuff at him, obviously trying to build some sort of heat or some sort of match. Um, I know Jericho and he have uh, shoot and and kayfabe heat going back a few years uh, with the whole Randy Orton thing. Right. Uh, so you know you could easily build a match with Jericho and, and Lesnar, but uh, at the same time, I don't know. I don't. I I think that WWE has done so much damage to him in in kayfabe um, that I I wonder if he would have the kind of reception that they would want uh, if he went to AEW. Fair concern, but I mean, you you need some really strong heel bad guys over there because there's a lot of yay, sure. we love that guy of the people that are going over there so far. So you need a you need somebody a big and frankly they don't have anybody that big over there yet that I know of. So there, you need some some different sized dudes. It ain't all flying around stuff, and they they work well with strikers. So I see a lot of upside for Brock going over there. Frankly, plus it gets him out of the WWE. <laughs> if I can be honest. <laughs> That's true. Get that universal title off of him. But that being yes. said, I, I, it's also the UFC as well. So in before, you've had WWE and UFC strike a combined deal. So we might see something like that between the two of them. Um, I just I think that AEW, I don't know that they'll go all out on him because with the kind of money you'd be spending on him, you could probably get a bunch of other guys uh, like building a football team. You know what I mean? I, I'm a Raiders fan. We let Khalil Mack go to the, the Bears because he wanted a bunch more young signees and didn't want to pay all that money for one guy. So that's kind of the uh, analogy how, that I have How will that. that work out for you in v- versus the Bears? Uh, sir, I'll ask that you shut your whore mouth. I didn't see the Bears. <laughs> I don't see the Bears in the Super Bowl either. All right, I'll leave it at that. We're, we're still building. Fair All right, enough. we're still building. That is our big news for the week. So that's uh, some big, big, st- <laughs> big things going on. Gruden's, Gruden will turn us around. I, I'm convinced of this. Uh, that's, that's our big news for the week. We got to head over and talk about Monday Night Raw. I gotta admit, man, the opening of this raw choked me up a little bit. Yeah, I, 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 I was re- they fished me in. I was reeled right in. Seth Rollins comes out, gives this about the faciest promo I've ever heard in my life, <laughs> uh, and tri- and he's Triple H ends up coming out after him, and it's fun to me. It, what I really enjoyed about this is that they they did call a little bit of attention to the history that they've had. This was before Dean came out, right? That mm-hmm. If you go back and, re- and remember when Seth turned on the shield, there were a few pretty badass promos and backstage moments where Triple H said, you are my chosen one. You are going to carry this industry for the next decade, and you are the man. And remember that before Becky Lynch was the man, Seth Rollins was running around calling himself the man because... Triple H had anointed him so. So when this came out, and it's here's Triple H, and they're all smiles and hugs and all this stuff, and you're going, oh, my God, he was right. Five years later, here we are. Trip, Trips was right. We had to get through the Roman Reigns years for that to happen. Well, we had but. to get through the authority bullshit for a couple of years and the Roman and the Roman Reigns stuff. But, you know, he was out for a knee, with a knee injury for six to nine months almost. This is six months. He barely made it back for WrestleMania to face Triple H. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but no, the whole thing with this segment that was great was Rollins did come out and kind of you know he spoke about how great it was to win the Rumble, how he you know, as a kid he'd always wanted to point at the WrestleMania sign. I liked it, but I liked that because in the last few years, pointing at the WrestleMania sign has become almost a joke, uh, where it's just it's so obviously you know overdone. Uh, and in the back, they're obviously telling them, "We got to point at the sign a lot. Got to point at the sign a lot because we got to get the pictures." You know. Uh, the images of what it's going to, you know, you going to WrestleMania. 
And Seth, in just, I think, two sentences, made it cool again because he, he framed it as something he'd wanted to do since he was a kid. It was something that you got to do when you won the Rumble, and not everyone gets to do it. A lot of kids grow up wanting to be policemen, firemen, doctors, astronauts, veterinarians, all astronauts, etc. I wanted to, I wanted to main event WrestleMania. Point at the sign. I wanted to point at the sign and, and and main event WrestleMania. And that was just by saying that it it made you stop in your tracks and go, all right, all right, it's pretty cool to point at the WrestleMania sign. And then he started choking <laughs> up, and I started going, mm, yep. And then and then Triple H. The Triple H, as you said, came out. They got emotional together. I like how they've hey, they've kind of switched around their dynamic a little bit. Where Triple H was going from, as you said, the, the the kind of evil mentor to the antagonist, and now he's coming out as kind of the more positive father figure mentor, like really, really uh, gelling his NXT character a little bit. Where he's still, yeah, you know, he can be a bad guy, he can be a mean guy, but he's still now he's Papa Triple H, right? So we had that happen. Uh, and basically Triple H said, you've got to choose who you're going to face at WrestleMania, whether it's Daniel Bryan or Brock Lesnar by the end of the show. Not a single person in the place was fooled by this. We all knew he was going to pick, but they, we still, we had to go for this ride with them. Uh, yeah. But uh, before any of this happened, out came Dean Ambrose, who we were just talking about, to to say, yeah, you know, I I've, I could beat Seth. This is this is a joke. I hate you guys. It was kind of a nothing reason for him to be there, and it was nothing reason for a match. But yet the 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 chemistry between these three guys and some of the lines that Dean had on Triple H, where he said he wanted a match, and Triple H tried to walk away, and Dean gets in between the ropes and you know kind of wraps around and looks at him as Triple H is leaving through the ropes and says, "What do you got? You have to ask your father-in-law first. And just some mm. of the some of the tension between Triple H and Dean and uh, Dean hasn't looked this good in months. <laughs> Knowing that he's leaving now, I'm like, where was this? Where so was I this? liked I liked all of this, and I think the writers missed a, a chance opportunity here to to resurrect Dean Ambrose from the absolute grave where he's been the last few months. There was an opportunity with Triple H and Seth in the ring for Seth to come out and caution, I'm sorry, for Dean to come out and caution Seth against Triple H for leading him down this path again. I think I think Dean could have come out and said, "We've had our differences, yes, but this is not the good guy." And I, I, I you could have framed it that way. You could have told you the could've. retold the story of the breakup of the Shield there and it would have worked. Uh, but I, I, I think that they're trying to clean it up so that we just have all the momentum behind Seth going towards WrestleMania and his ultimate choice of who he's going to face. Uh, I, I think that having Triple H at his back, it, it, they might be leading into a bit of a Triple H versus Vince dynamic, which would be interesting if Brock is Vince's boy. What's Triple H's stake in this? Is Seth his boy? You know, will will that become more of a thing? So I'm wondering if that's where that's leading a little bit, why they don't make it more antagonistic between Triple H and Seth. And yeah. Not that it's completely not. It's, it's, there's still tension, and I think that that's good because they're paying attention to history. And it's something that for the longest time we didn't get, where they would just blatantly ignore history and everyone would be sitting there watching the show going, we know better. We remember. You know, we're not that short-term memory yeah. uh, uh, focused. But anyway, so they had a match. We had Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose had a match at the top of the show. Seth wins completely clean with a stomp and uh, that was that. That was it. He wins clean, leaves, and as you said, Ambrose is left in the ring, grabs a chair, and makes like he's about to make an emotional speech. Uh, but he doesn't. He never gets, gets into it. He says, "I'm going to get something off my chest," and then boom, your girl Nia Jax 
has her music hit, and out she comes to interrupt him. And then she beats him up and throws him out of the ring. And he just walks away. What? What was this? What do you think this what was? What was he about to say? Were we about to get another pipe bomb? Were we about to get another, you know, was this the thing? And then the next day we get the announcement of, of Dean leaving. So, or I guess two days later, but whatever. I think we were about to hear something. Do you think, do you think probably, WWE cut him off? I guess is what I I'm think, saying. I think they cut him off with Nia Jax's music. You think yes. they told him, go out there and say what you want to say, and he was about to legitimately do that, and they were like, never mind. It's time to... Like, like he knew Nia was going to come out and interrupt him. They just interrupted him way early, and they just went with what was going to happen at the end. I'm not completely sure that they said it was okay if he sat down and said something. I'm wondering if that was. It all seemed too clean. Shit. It all seemed too clean in terms of how he reacted to Naya and the business that they had. That seemed like it was all planned. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? It was. It was the suddenness of the cutoff of his speech that makes me wonder. And again, this is one of the fun things about speculating about wrestling is that it is it is based in such like double and triple layers of kayfabe. We might be getting worked in this whole Dean thing, and this could just be another layer layer of workage. Where we're sitting here going, man, WWE was real petty about Dean cutting him off like that, but it was intentionally done to make us do that. You know, again, we're, followed up by a blog post saying, uh, you know, yeah, future endeavors. Out. So whatever. again, we're in uncharted territory in terms of you know kayfabe and meta kayfabe and and you know, all this stuff. So I, I honestly don't, I want to speculate, but at the same time, I don't want to wildly speculate and to, you know, without any otherwise information, without any information that tells me otherwise, rather, it, it we don't know what the plan was, but it certainly seems odd to have him set up with no storyline reason for a heart to heart talk with the audience. And, you know, and finding out later, especially in hindsight, knowing that he's getting future endeavored. And then cut him off so rapidly, have Nia toss him out, and then have a match. It was very odd. And it was not the only odd thing this week. There was a lot of odd stuff this week. And we'll get into some more of that. But uh, we, have to, we have to fast forward forward because we have, we have to talk about Seth a little bit more here. Seth did ultimately decide who he was going to face. Or I guess technically he didn't, did he? He never actually officially declared. Never, never stated. No. no, because at the end of the show, we saw Daniel Bryan at one point in the show with, uh, with Eric Rowan wandering around backstage. And another point, Brock Lesnar comes out to the ring. At the end of the show, Brock Lesnar comes out with Paul Heyman, and they essentially say, go fight Daniel Bryan. You don't want none of this smoke. And uh, Seth Rollins came out and said that, yes, indeed, he did want some of that smoke and took it right to Brock, but then got absolutely murdered. Murdered by, uh, by Brock. Four F5s he took, and that last one was, he threw him up an extra two feet. Five, five F5s, and then he gave him a sixth one right as the show went off the air. <laughs> uh, it was just a demolishment. So, um, the, yeah, I, obviously, like, the, we know he's going to face Brock at WrestleMania. Like, there's no way he's facing Daniel Bryan. That would make no sense after all this build. Uh, I'm excited for him facing Brock. I still remember how well Brock sells the curb stomp. If you recall, there was one time, I forget what, exa what exactly the bit was. It might have been the contract signing for Rollins, Lesnar, and Cena, that triple threat match. Yeah. And, and Rollins gave him a curb stomp when they had a carpet in the ring, right? And Brock Lesnar took the curb stomp so legitimately that he gave himself a rug burn on his forehead. So I'm very excited to see Brock and Seth. 
Also, because Seth sells the F5 like death. He really does come down on that perfectly. He just lets yeah. Brock throw it. And just ragdolls. Yep. No, oh, it's beautiful. They both, yep. they both sell each other beautifully well. So are we, based on how this ended, are we going to see another Finn Balor-like David and Goliath story with Seth and Brock? And if so, is that the right story to tell? Are we convinced that's what we're going to get at WrestleMania? Well, I mean, Brock and Seth? You think there's yeah. an alternative? Yeah. What do you think? I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't remember. Like I, I said, every what, every we well we 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 had John said repeatedly Cena, that John Cena is going to come back and get a seventeenth this year. Of course, this of year course I promise is. you. This year it's going to happen. Uh, I, sure. At this point, it all things point to that. But I, who knows? Who knows what we got? Two more pay per views between the two. Yes. Uh, is he even going to defend it in those two? Or are we not going to see Brock again except on like TV stuff? Until Mania. And if so, know? what does Seth do in the meantime? That's a good point. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's we, still we a long way. Are going to fight Finn some more? And we got, does Finn somehow finagle his way into the match? We or? got two more pay-per-views and then uh, WrestleMania. We got Elimination Chamber and well, you know, Fastlane or Roadblock, whatever it's going to be this year. Uh, right. And then WrestleMania. It's Fastlane. So, is it Fastlane? Okay. So we got a little bit before WrestleMania. We've got some business to do. Uh, so it will be interesting to see how they build this and what Seth has to go through to get to this match. Uh, but based on this business at the end of Raw, it made me think that we're heading towards another build, kind of like what we had with Finn Balor, which is fine. That led to a really good match. So I'll be, I'll be curious to see that. It's just, my God, they need to pull the trigger on Seth here. Uh, I'm saying it right now, three months out of WrestleMania, they need to pull his trigger. He is so over. He was so over on this entire show. And if he takes out Brock Lesnar legit at WrestleMania, he will be as big, if not bigger, than what Becky's doing right now. It yep. will be absolutely fire, and that's not I a mean, burn. The, it's not a burn it down pun that just ha- that just came out, <laughs> or a Becky Lynch one for that matter. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> I I think the two of them running this company is is solid. Frankly, I, I I couldn't be more happy with Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins being at the top of the card in all respects. So I I have no qualms about about Seth Rollins going forward. My concern is. Braun and Drew and some of the other big men that have been a big part of the top of the card over the last six months. We're going to put Drew in another program with Dolph Ziggler again. <laughs> well, if you Dolph know? Ziggler even sticks around, his contract's up. You know, he had a, a one-year extension. His contract's up. He's not going anywhere. Uh, he knows where his bread's buttered. Does he? How buttered is it at WWE though? How re- really? How well are they buttering his bread? I don't think they're buttering it that well recently. I don't know. Uh, he's had some big matches, but nothing even sniffing a title since he laid down the U.S. title. Who knows who, what the hell that was? But speaking of asking what the hell that was, Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey on Monday Night Raw this week had uh, a wake-up call as far as how popular she is compared to Becky Lynch. She came out and tried to deliver a babyface promo Talking about how you're achieving your dreams. I don't even know what the hell she was trying to go for. I don't know. We don't. We'll never know what promo she was about to give, because the audience knows that it was before anything was said. Becky hadn't made her decision as to whether she was going to face uh, Ronda or Asuka, even though we knew what she was going to do because she just got beat by Asuka and Ronda, and she had been having uh, you know interactions for a while now. So everyone knows Ronda comes out, tries to give a babyface promo, and gets. Booed out of the building. 
It was so bad, she lost her entire promo and even like at one point just gave up and said, all right, guys, you got me. You made me stumble. You made me stumble. And <laughs> she didn't know what the hell to do. She was supposed to, she was supposed to come out there and say, I'm a, I'm a champion. I'm going to stick with my, what I said I was going to do as a champion. Every time I win at a pay-per-view, I'm going to give an open challenge the next night. That's what she was supposed to be going for. Uh, but she got so flustered by the crowd chanting for Becky and booing the crap out of her. She's never been booed this much. She's a little bit. And you can always tell that it, it irritates her a little bit when she gets booed. You yeah. know, even it's like she talks smack to the crowd at Royal Rumble. She says, you, wanna, you think I can't wrestle? I can wrestle. Watch me wrestle during, during the Sasha match. So, you know, I, I, don't, I think that's legit Ronda. Because like look at how she got flustered here. But she was supposed to say open challenge. And so Bailey had to go out and save this whole thing by saying, hey, so I'm accepting that open challenge you never got around to putting out there. <laughs> Why are they still making her smiley Rhonda and not steering into this boo heat a I, little bit? I wonder if the heat on Monday was a surprise. If they were not ready for that level of... Because they hadn't prepared her. They did not prepare Rhonda for that level of negative response. Yeah, she was not. She was not ready for it, for sure. Uh, she was ready for the Bailey match, though. Like that, that was a little janky at points. You could tell Ronda was still in a little bit in her head, but Bailey pulled a decent match out of her, even though Bailey did lose clean. Fairly, fairly. It was a three segment match, so I wouldn't say very, very quickly, but it was still odd, and I felt bad for Bailey once again getting defined down uh, by you know Sasha Banks just got. The, the red carpet treatment on her path to Ronda at the Royal Rumble, and then Bailey just comes out and gets whooped by Ronda in, in no time flat on a Monday Night Raw. Yeah, but counterpoint, it's a it's a championship opportunity. You're not muddling around down at the bottom of the card with you know the Riot Squad, or for example. Yeah, you know? but you know they could have had anybody come out, Mickey James, Dana Brooke, and take this quote right. championship opportunity. And we know Ronda's not losing the damn title on Monday Night Raw to whoever comes out. So it's. It is. I felt a little bit bad for Bailey here, but you know, again, she showed that she good in the ring. It, it was fine. It was a fine match. But as soon as the match was over, Becky's music hits, and out comes Becky, and the roof came off of woof, that friggin' place. Woof, woof. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she came out, gets in the ring, gets in Ronda's face, and says, "I don't. I'm not like Seth Rollins. I don't have to think about it. I know who I'm going to pick. I choose you, Pikachu." And uh, she's going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, take your mystique. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to kick your ass in front of the whole world at WrestleMania. Becky was just fire here. She was, she was red hot. And Rhonda, for her part, seemed flustered. She seemed shook because the crowd was just booing the crap out of her every time she tried to speak. And she did end up giving a pretty intense promo, but, um, that's the most legit I've seen Ronda Rousey yet on the microphone. It was it was pretty beefy. I went back and looked at it again. My first impression was that Ronda came off as being a little bit petty uh, by saying, you know, I've been doing this my whole life. How long have you been the man, Becky? You're you know, you're nothing compared to me, kind of thing. I went back and it was it was fine. That's just normal competitive crap talk. But um, I, I loved her finishing line. Any ring I step into is mine. I own the ground beneath my feet, and I'm going to own you at WrestleMania. That's a good line, and especially with yep. throwing it down all fierce and walking away. But in context, Becky no sold her. Becky just stood there and smirked at her the entire time, like, I don't give a crap about you. And 
it made Rhonda look like Becky had gotten into her head. It really did. And I'm curious to see how WWE handles that going forward because Rhonda did not come off looking like a solid champion. She came off looking like she was genuinely afraid of Becky Lynch, and Becky Lynch came off looking like she had Rhonda's number. So I, I think she does. And I'll call it right now. <laughs> Becky Lynch is winning that title at WrestleMania. Ooh. <laughs> have it's, you it's not learned gonna happen? Have you not learned yet, Nick? Never speak in certainties on this show because they listen. I mean, I and mean they love to keeping prove us the wrong. title. Not uh yeah, yeah, that's what I meant, writers that are listening. Uh yeah. Che- I, Chelsea I Green Chelsea Green's yeah. gonna interfere and take the title off of all of them. Just Chelsea Green, you your go. new champion. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm curious what they're going to do with this. Like, if they're as you said, if they're going to have Ronda become more heelish, which would make sense, especially if you're thinking of having the four horsewomen feud, because right now in NXT, Shayna and Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke are all heel as hell. Right now, you're coming over to my so side. So it makes more sense to have Ronda go heel than to have those three go face. Uh. And I'm sorry, there's no way you're ever going to have Ronda get cheered against the unstoppable juggernaut that is Becky Lynch right now. So they've got to make her more of just kind of this badass, like kind of a Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Frankly. Just not give AF and, you know, walk out there and kill people. You know, I, I, I just, it's unfortunate that, that what happened in her promo before the match happened. Because everything else was was pretty awesome, and uh, you know, especially after the match, the interaction with with Becky Lynch, the sort of boxer slash UFC weigh in style of promo press conference kind of thing that they had going there, just facing off with each other, loved it, and and I loved both of them going at each other. Man, something happened before that match where she she just fell apart. I don't know if it yeah. was, they just said, yeah, just go out there and do your thing and didn't really prep her in any I mean, way. Or- they didn't, that promo she started to give was definitely not a promo you give to a crowd that's booing the crap out of you. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was not reading the room right there and she did not know what to do with it. But yeah, it'll be curious to see how they change her, how she mentally reacts to it. Uh, this was one of the most fascinating things this week was how yeah. Rhonda broke down when the crowd turned on her. Uh, there was some other stuff that happened on Monday that we should probably talk about because we're running behind because all that stuff we just said was really fascinating stuff. No, that was mostly it. We can just move on. <laughs> Let's talk about Nia Jax, Nick. No! Yes, it's time. We have to get back to Nia Jax. As we said, that she did interrupt Dean Ambrose and tossed him out of the ring uh, because she and Tamina had a match against Alexa Bliss and Mickey James to qualify for the Women's Elimination Chamber tag team match. So this, this was interesting. Real quick before we get into the tag match, do you think that Nia's constant attacking of men here are we seeing something like china where they're going to allow naya to be an intergender wrestler i think if she was in some kind of enforcer role uh that could be a thing uh i, I think back to Big E b- beside dolph ziggler i think of think back to china and triple h china and triple h i mean sure. that's the classic it's- example of like the the big strong woman next to the guy and the guy then the woman's the enforcer for the guy you know I, I, you could do a lot of stuff frankly think about it I don't think that uh, Ronda and uh, sorry Ronda T- Naya and Tamina are going to win the elimination chamber. I think that's going to be Sasha and Bailey. Uh, at least that's the way I, I see it right now. But if Naya and Tamina split up afterwards, and Naya goes and becomes someone's like a guy's enforcer, and we have China Part Two, would that work for you? Do you think that would that would be a good use of her character? TBD. 
I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to see if there's any way that Naya can be redeemed for you. <laughs> uh, lost cause at this point, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and, and it's sad because all things point to, you know, outside of kayfabe and all, she's a wonderful person from from what everything i hear so you know it, it i hear what you're saying i love the idea of potentially a china 2.0 or an did you enforcer just, type of angle did you Hang just on. say something nice about naya the the human being not the character oh okay or the i, when I do air quotes i haven't say, heard you say wrestler. something nice about her as a person either so this is sorry i'm just taking a moment here please continue <laughs> total divas television star naya jacks I don't even want to say wrestler at this point. Um, no, the enforcer thing would be interesting, but I, what we're getting is her and Tamina, and it's just awful. It's so bad. Like, it's not doing her... Regardless of what I think about her, there's plenty of people out there that love her and loved her as a champion and all that. This is doing not doing her a service at all. I don't know if there's a lot so of people I, that love her right now. She definitely still has a lot of heat from that whole Becky thing. <laughs> I believe and a it. lot of other stuff, so this is not very popular. I, I don't know. Basically, ending Alexa Bliss's career. I, I what do you know. mean ending? She, Alexa was back in this match. She looked fine. She even busted out a new move. They did or lose. Uh, her, her, and uh, her and Mickey did lose the match. Not surprisingly, we had a feeling that Nia and Tamina were going to be in the elimination chamber as the kind of the bigger ones in there, the big strong women. So they they go forward to the match. Also, we had Natalia and Dana Brooke. Facing off against uh, Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan of the Riot Squad. And, uh, and originally, Natalia was supposed to team with Ember Moon, but Ember uh, said that she was injured, which is actually not a work. She really does have an, an elbow issue. Um, so Dana Brooke was, quote, subbed in. And as a result, they lost. And the Riot Squad's going into the Elimination Chamber as a tag team with uh, Logan and Morgan. Do you think that Ruby will now get a singles push if Logan and Morgan become just a sort of tag team? for the, the women's tag division, or will they do Freebird kind of things? I think this is the best thing that could have happened to Ruby Riot. Okay. And, uh, I don't think they're going to do Freebirds. I think we're going to see Ruby transition to a singles role as this progresses. Um, it's, it's kind of interesting as well because they call it the Riot Squad. And I think they could keep it together. I think they could keep the faction together and Ruby is a singles and, you know, I think undisputed, think of undisputed era mm -hmm. in, in a sense where Adam Cole is out doing single stuff and, and North American championship and Kyle Riley, Kyle Riley, Roderick Strong and Kyle Riley are doing the tag stuff and Bobby Fish is just kind of floating. We don't really know what he's doing. Maybe he'll go fight, fight Buddy Murphy. We don't know. So I think they could keep it together, but I think we're definitely going to see Ruby finally, you know, maybe a year plus later. Two years later, since I called her, I don't. How long have they been up? I called her to win the Rumble a year. It was Oscar yeah, last year. Yes, it was. I think you called Ruby last year. two years ago or last. I don't know. Yeah, Whatever. You you were calling Ruby early. Like we knew Ruby was gonna was gonna go somewhere. She's extremely talented. Yeah. We've been loving Ruby her since and, NXT. But Ruby and Ember were one of those two that we've said for the second half of last year. Like they're just in the waiting. They're in the wings. Mm -hmm. They're treading water. Wait. Ember's hurt. I think we're gonna see a Ruby program, if not before Mania, immediately after Mania. Yeah, well, uh, she is on the heel side of things, so they will have it, her face a, a, a face a face of some sort. I'm just trying to think who they would have. But uh, I, whatever it is, I hope that they, they have her start a program at some point. because And they had her look really strong at the Rumble, so obviously they, they know yeah. what they've got there. So, yep. uh, Speaking of the Rumble, Finn Balor had a match with Brock Lesnar at the Rumble, and unsurprisingly, because he came out as Manfin, he lost. He lost. 
And he came out this week to talk about how he lost. And he said, well, I didn't really lose because I made Brock believe. And that's why he was so mad at me. And that's why he beat me up after the match. Yay. What a horrible thing to have Finn Balor say. But uh, on the upside, Finn did get beaten down immediately after by Bobby Lashley. Uh, Lashley and Leo Rush came out to talk smack to Finn. And then Lashley beat the crap out of a supposedly still beat up from Brock Lesnar, Finn Balor. Do you think this is a feud that we will see running all the way to WrestleMania? And if so, is this a feud that you want to see? Lashley versus Finn. <sighs> every, every time I, every time somebody pairs up with Lashley, it doesn't end well for the person that paired up with Lashley. Mm. And I, I mean, I just look at all the, the, the feuds that he's had since he's debuted. Um, last year at the Rumble, wasn't it? So I, I, I just, I don't, I don't know if this is right for Finn. I don't want any more David and Goliath stuff. That was, it was cute for one time, but we don't need that stuff again. But let me let let me then give a counterpoint because I okay. can. I, that is definitely something that I've heard said that everyone's like, "Oh God, no, Finn and Lashley. This sounds terrible." Here's why I think this is actually a good idea. It's the best thing for either of them. It's someone athletic that Lashley can have an athletic match with. Uh, Finn Balor obviously does really well in David and Goliath situations because he had one. He pulled one of the best matches out of Brock Lesnar we've seen in a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, so, and you have Leo Rush in the mix as well, who can do some some really nice aerial stuff with Finn as an extra component. Plus, Lashley is the Intercontinental Champion, so this is going to be for the Intercontinental Belt. So, if this runs all the way to WrestleMania. And we get a demon moment at WrestleMania for Finn to finally capture the Intercontinental belt. I think this could be the best thing to happen to both men. Have Lashley look strong all the way to WrestleMania to keep him looking like a monster, which you know he should be booked as given his physical appearance. And have it. And it takes the demon to bring him down. Exactly. Where and Finn can even use the excuse. He's like, I wasn't smart. I didn't bring the demon for the last time I faced a guy like this with Brock Lesnar. This time I'm bringing everything to bear. I learned my lesson. I can't beat him as Manfin. I got to bring everything out. And then you had the demon at WrestleMania, which we haven't had yet. And you talk about a WrestleMania moment. Oh, come on. So for me, looking at this, they have all the potential to make this a really interesting feud going into WrestleMania and having it become a big moment at WrestleMania. Yeah. So no, I agree. And for I the Intercontinental belt. Yeah. I had forgotten about that part. Yeah, and that's and that's something where it's it's like, hey, Finn, okay, you couldn't get the, the universal title back, but here's the here's the other one. And Finn is definitely on the level in the company. He's the workhorse right now, where while Seth is being elevated to the main, you know, the main event, you got Finn who's still being kind of the face workhorse. And so that's the perfect position for him is to be going for the intercontinental belt, have a run with that. So I just I laughed like at, this. At, yeah, I do too. I just laughed at what I just said because after the years of work that the Miz put into making the Intercontinental title relevant, now that it's on Bobby Lashley, I kind of don't care, and I hate that. You forgot about it, but I think I that for, oh, I, I forgot about but it. But I think that I, this feud with Finn, if it's for the Intercontinental belt, will make it a bit more prestigious again. Because oh, it, yeah. it will. Because oh, yeah. the problem is Lashley, as you said, has been in a bunch of garbage feuds, and so it's it's hurt him. It's hurt his presence. Whereas if you face off against someone like Finn, who's been in the main event picture or near it for a while now, upper mid card right just under the main event like yeah. this this helps lashley it helps legitimize him so and you can have some really good physical matches so i like this i like this let's see where this goes fingers crossed they do the right thing and listen to us baron corbin versus <laughs> kurt <laughs> baron corbin had a match with kurt angle 
Okay. Again. Again. Uh, right. And he beat him clean with the deep six. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with Kurt Angle, why they're having him put over dudes like McIntyre and Corbin uh, and, and look goofy doing it where he taps out to his own finishing move and then goes out to a deep six with a signature move, not even the finisher. I'm not sure what the end plan is here. I know they want to. I don't know if you needed more heat on Baron Corbin. He already had plenty of heat. But so I'm not sure what the point was of this. I don't either. That's that's kind of all I got to say about it. Yeah. I mean, are they trying to resurrect Baron Corbin? That's all I can think. But what he you did? Know. Did he need resurrecting? He's he's one of the most hated heels in the company right now. Like, what more did they need to do this? So this made little sense to me to have Kurt Angle. I guess he was around for the weekend. What are we going to do with Kurt? Let's put this the the period on this feud with him and Corbin that's been going ever since Kurt was general manager by having Kurt lose really like pretty badly yeah i'm not sure what the end result is here um speaking of corbin no, I, f- I figured the mcintyre thing would have been enough yeah to, uh say and, and, thanks kurt move along and at least with that mcintyre could say oh i i put kurt angle out of his misery i retired him i've embarrassed him like that's working for him i don't know if corbin needs it too but speaking yeah. of corbin he also came out again because uh braun Strowman had a match with drew mcintyre he have not only did Strowman say go get him to seth in the back but he said uh, he then came out and had a match with McIntyre. We started off being nice and nice, big hoss match, big boys doing big boy things. But at the end, uh, Corbin comes out, interferes, and uh, ends up they both beat down Strowman. Uh, what do you think? What's what's the end result here? Where are we going with this? Is this going to be a Strowman McIntyre feud now? And where we does Corbin a, fit? In? We had a Corbin McIntyre Lashley pseudo faction under Constable Corbin a couple of months ago. And I'm wondering if there's some elements of that, that that never got finished and that they still see potential in. So I'm wondering if they're going to team um, Corbin and McIntyre back up as a sort of heel duo or faction. I, I don't know. I don't know why Strowman's still getting involved. It wouldn't make a lot of sense to do that. I, I just, I can't think of anything else. Why is Corbin even a part of this? Let Strowman and McIntyre hoss fight the shit out of each the other. The only thing I can think here is just the way that they've kind of made all these threads go is Angle and Strowman teaming up against McIntyre and Corbin. And I really don't know if that's the best use of these guys. If you're ultimately looking no. for a Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, or, or excuse me, Drew, Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman match at WrestleMania, and this sort of tagging up is a way to get there, because as we said, we do have a lot of, long time. I could see that being something that just passed to just pass the time, but beyond that, I, if it, if that's not it, I don't know what the heck they're doing here. Yeah. So and and if they did I, do that, eh, all right, I'd be I'd be curious to see where they were going with that. I'd love to see something with Strowman and McIntyre for obvious fanboy reasons um, that would involve them having an opportunity to somehow backdoor into uh, the match at WrestleMania against Brock. You know, I hate the I hate those. I hate those, but I, I would love to see them no, have something no, other than just no. a hoss fight at WrestleMania because we've seen that. Is that what we're ultimately getting? Is that we're going to wait three months to have a Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman fight at WrestleMania? Hey, really? Better that than uh, Braun Strowman winning the tag belts with a 14 year old boy. Uh, moving I don't know, on, I we, enjoyed that more. I, you <laughs> maniac. You maniac. You're the reason they do things like that. Uh, there was some other stuff on Raw as well. We did have a tag match between the Revival and the reunited Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. It's been 10 years plus since they were a tag team. And they looked it because they lost to the Revival. I don't know if this is their way of making Revival the face of the tag division. But if so, it's kind of sad. Um, 
there was a tweet that came out from the elite from uh, from uh, the the young bucks. I mean, it was Jericho. I think it was Jericho. Excuse me, where he said that uh, it doesn't matter if WWE is giving its randoms TV time in, in order to entice them to stay. They're only interested in about six to eight people total from WWE Impact and New Japan. So I I, I wonder if he's calling out the fact that all of a sudden Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins are on TV right now. If that's if that's a WWE's way of saying, see, aren't we a fun place to work? Mm. Or is this just the new era? <laughs> if the new uh-huh. era, if, if, if the whole new era thing that they're saying, oh, we're going to change things up, it's going to be shaking things up. We're going to give Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder more TV time. Then, wow. That's that's it. Are you not entertained? Are you, are you not, not happy with your new era? Happy? <laughs> Come on. You're going to like it. Uh, so oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. What the, I don't know what's going on here as well. The, the raw tag division is still a freaking shambles as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we also had a segment that also flipped my wig. Yeah. Speaking of shambles, speaking, Jesus Christ. what is what is go? Why is Elias suddenly a heel again? We thought at the rumble when he insulted the hometown crowd, this was going to be a cute little thing. He did as a face. Uh, apparently, no, he's going full heel again because he turned on the crowd and told them to shut their mouths. He went back to his old heel uh, speech. And was interrupted by Jeff Jarrett, who I was very disturbed to see at the at the Rumble because he was dressed in his old attire and it looked horrible. But uh, here he came out and was joined. And this actually, this brought a smile to my face. He was joined on stage on, on the top of the ramp by the Road Dog. And if you all don't remember, the reason Road Dog is called the Road Dog is because he was Jeff Jarrett's roadie. That was initially his gimmick. So this is... Super old school to have these two back together. Uh, I dug that a lot, especially because they did their song. They did uh, with my they did uh, Jeff Jarrett's with my baby tonight. Oh, and they, it was a very very nice nostalgic moment. I'm I'm an old school Road Dog fan. He he cut some of his nice promo action going other uh, up there, and then they got in the ring and Elias hit them both with a, with a guitar. So Elias is of course he did Elias is that's heel the whole again. gimmick. Elias is heel again. Is this okay? So two things. What was the point of turning him face for three months, only to turn him heel again? We even said like, why is Elias face? This makes no sense. Uh, I would think to facilitate the Bobby Lashley heel turn a little bit. It, but just you turn, you flip Elias back and forth just for that. They did it to Braun. Well, they did it to Braun because because Roman got sick. They were going to keep Braun yeah. a fa- uh, uh, Braun a, a heel, but. Uh, also, is it is it bad for Elias like that already they're having to define him against the older musical acts? You know what I mean? Like are, are they are they trying to like make a positive comparison to Jeff Jarrett uh with this or is this just actually going to make us think less of Elias by having I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I have any idea what the hell they're doing with Elias <laughs> right now. Because Frankly, I, I just I it's one of those where you just sit back and enjoy the show. I what whatever the hell they're doing with Elias, they've locked onto this whole thing with the audience participation and him cutting them down on a local place. That's been it. What doing the nostalgia tour thing with, with Jeff Jarrett the last couple of weeks is or the last few days, I should say, is I'm I just I don't know. It's it's Jeff Jarrett and Road Dog. Yeah. And Elias. Yeah. I, okay. I, I've I've said on the show I'm not the biggest fan of Jeff Jarrett, never have been. Uh, but this was an this was a nice moment for me. It was a nice little bit of nostalgia, more because Road Dog was there. But 
Hey, it's just personal preference. Uh, overall, I'm very curious to see where they go with this. I, yeah. I don't know that this is the best use of Elias. They haven't convinced me yet. Also, something I'm not convinced about, Mojo Rawley. Speaking of randoms having TV time, <laughs> Mojo Rawley cut a, uh, a pretty gnarly promo. We've said it for a long time. He's a great promo. But he was given a promo backstage very angrily saying that talking to somebody and saying that they were the reason why no one knew who he was, why he wasn't getting it further. They were, they were the problem that he was having. And camera moves. Turns out he's looking into a mirror. So he has now vowed to show everyone who he really is. Uh, so we may be seeing some more Mojo Raleigh in the coming weeks. And I don't know. This, okay. I don't know if this is a rebranding or what it is. But we, you and I both, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, have said before that Mojo's got potential. And he does. It might. He's got to drop the linebacker gimmick, though. Yeah, which might be what they're doing here. Uh, if he comes out and still drops down into the tackle pose, I'm going to be. Uh, a little disappointed, but I'm I'm curious to see what they have in mind. Yeah, you know, me too. Uh, if they will start using him properly, or if this is just Alex Riley rage part two. Yeah, you know, and uh, well, I don't know. Let's make him more intense, <laughs> and then send him packing. <laughs> I I just I don't know what they've they've been doing. They haven't really known what to do with him from the get go, and it's teaming him up with Zack Ryder had potential, and they put the they, they put the belts on him or something. They gave him the opportunity. <laughs> I just. Poor and Alex. Then it just, poor, oh, poor Zach. Uh, he had no idea what to do with Mojo. Mojo was like the perfect guy for that hype bros gimmick, and Zach the entire time was like, yay, I'm so hyped. Uh. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with Mojo Raleigh. But we have plenty more to talk about, Nick. We got to talk about it over on SmackDown Live. Well, Becky Lynch opens the show on SmackDown Live, as you would expect. Because how else would you open the show on SmackDown Live? Comes out to uh, the roof coming off the place again for mm. the second night in a row. And gets interrupted by Charlotte Flair. What? Interesting. Who she's now calling Shoehorn Charlotte online, by the way. Oh, really? Shoehorn. She's always shoehorning herself into things. <laughs> so this is... The, so there's been speculation recently of that Charlotte was going to figure out a way to shoehorn herself... Yep into this match at WrestleMania between her and Ronda Rousey. Uh, I don't think so. I'm sticking with my, she's going to go back after Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Championship. But this is still fun. This is still interesting. It's still Charlotte coming in. Fantastic it, it, stuff. Yeah. So yeah. this was great because not only did Becky cut a great promo at the top of the show, basically saying, you know, Ronda can't, she's not good with loss, which was a great, like a great dig. And Becky pointed out that at the Rumble, she lost to Asuka, but then crawled back and got into the Royal Rumble match itself and won it on one freaking leg. So th that was a nice way to contrast her with Rousey again, and it makes me wonder if they're going to keep going with this Ronda is mentally weak and Becky is the man thing. Um, but yes, as, so that was great. And as you said, Charlotte Flair coming out, at first I was like, oh, no, don't, come on. But then immediately, my God, these two. These two are just fire, just together every time. And, uh, you know, Flair was kind of like being, a, what, what would you call it? patronizing to Becky and saying, oh, yeah, you won. Good job. I'm so, no, really, no, no. I'm really so proud of you. <laughs> I'm really so, yeah. So it's a good thing that you, you picked up from like from me and how I'm a winner, and that's how you got there. So you can, you can thank me if you want. Basically just, you know, verbally taunting Becky, and Becky, instead of having any kind of comeback, p 
punches her in the jaw. Uh, and if that was a worked punch, then that was the greatest work punch I've ever seen in my freaking life. She hit her in the mush. It was, it was just a sucker punch, straight right, good lord and then they were off to the races tussling obviously becky still got the the, the you know the kayfabe the worked uh, bum knee so charlotte ends up uh, hurting her again and like faking limping around and and mocking her so we're going to get more charlotte becky i as you said i ain't mad at it i'm not mad at it it's just it's too good yeah this is this is the latest fight forever argue forever whatever it's you know, I I was starting to get tired of Charlotte and Becky, and now that I'm seeing Becky interface with Ronda Moore, I'm like, actually, Charlotte was pretty good. We need to, maybe we go back to that. <laughs> I mean, the question is, is if it's something where they do build Charlotte into this match somehow, which I got to say, given how Monday went, I really don't want to see Charlotte in this match. No, but, me either. But given how things went on Tuesday, I wouldn't mind seeing Charlotte all the way up to the match. Because you know Ronda's not on SmackDown, they're going to have to have something for Becky to do until WrestleMania. And God, if it's if her, if it's just her fending off Charlotte to keep that WrestleMania match, I'm fine with that. Good, yeah. Let's yeah. fine after this after this bit right here, I'm down. But what do both of them do about the SmackDown Women's Championship uh, that Oscar's currently holding? There's got to be some some motion for them to try and go back and and get that. I, I can't believe that we wouldn't have any opportunities for the two of them to try to go back and get Asuka and the SmackDown Championship. Yeah, it makes me wonder what they're going to do with Asuka. You know, if, they are gonna, if we are going to have a triple threat with Charlotte and Becky, then who's facing Asuka at WrestleMania? And if it is Charlotte and Asuka, at what point does Charlotte turn her headlights towards uh, her, her, her... I'm not even going to make the headlights joke. Her, turns her headlights towards Asuka and uh, starts thinking about going for that title. So... Yeah, there's, there's still a lot of stories to tell here. I'm very curious to see where they go. Lots of setup this week. Lots of making me curious about things. Uh, but this was some good stuff here. Also good stuff this week, and controversial, but good stuff, was Daniel Bryan at the end of the show. had a uh, He had a speech. He had to tell us all that he himself was a hypocrite. And he, had, he had come to a realization that he was also not perfect. And as a result, he decided to rectify his mistake. And so he threw the WWE title in a trash can. And then his boy Rowan, who I swear to God looks like the largest, scariest college student I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, wearing an Alesmith shirt, by the way. Or, uh, 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 yeah, so not, not Alesmith, sorry. Uh, Alestorm. 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 Yeah. Alesmith's a good beer. Uh, both Alestorm and Alesmith, good things. I would have been happy with either shirt. <laughs> but so Daniel Bryan throws the WWE title in the trash and uh, Rowan takes off his little college backpack bag thing and they open it up and pull out the new WWE championship belt, which obviously it's supposed to be something that's trolling the crowd, but it is up there with Naomi's glow belt and John Cena's spinner belt as probably one of the ugliest belts I've ever seen in my life it was made from i would even put this higher than the spinner belt to be honest with you <laughs> but of course the spinner belt was at least fun it was the point of this thing it's made it from organic sustainable hemp burlap uh oak turquoise there's i saw some turquoise rocks in there and also i couldn't tell what it was but it looked like uh, pieces of orbit spearmint gum were glued all over this thing it was like little jade stones like chick- or something chiclets, like that the chiclets all yeah. over this thing 
It was so there was a there was a bit that they did recently on Total Divas where they had Daniel Bryan shirtless outside chopping wood, and somebody made up a meme uh, of him chopping wood, and this ultimately ended up with the uh, with the new belt. Yeah, so we got the new belt was Daniel Bryan chopping wood. Anyway, so no, this is great. It's perfect for his new you know hippie world saving character, which it's funny because half the stuff he says is true. It's just he says it such a such an obnoxious way that we hate him for it. Yeah, but. Uh, that was the beginning of things. Out comes AJ to, to get in his face. And then out comes a whole bunch of other guys. Uh, we had AJ come out. Uh, Randy Orton suddenly comes out. Mustafa Ali comes out and uh, is made fun of by Randy Orton. He says, didn't a chick toss you out during Royal Rumble? <laughs> I'm going to shake my hand. And then uh, Samoa Joe comes out and kills some hot fire on the mic, burns everybody down on the mic. Uh, including Jeff Hardy, who had come out at some point during the commercial break. <laughs> so all these guys, of well, course. Hang on. The, you, you, the best part is he turns to AJ Styles and says, oh, yeah, you. How's Wendy? <laughs> <laughs> he had, oh, he all had a, hell breaks loose. Dude, Joe had a line for everyone. It was, it was incredible. So uh, uh, anyway, this ended up in Triple H coming out and saying, all y'all chill out. Because we're going to have an elimination chamber match. Obviously, as soon as six guys were out there <laughs> fighting each other, I went, "Well, guess I know what's coming next." So, sure enough, we have now an elimination chamber man, uh, match for the men as well as for the women's tag team championship. Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Mustafa Ali. Look at him in the main event picture already, and Daniel Bryan will have an elimination chamber match where they will all fight for Daniel Bryan's new hideous sustainable belt i hope somebody got the actual belt out of the trash oh no they probably left Please. it. no they left it in there nick that's where they that's where they keep things like daisy so it's what he called uh, what he told what he said that his betsy. cow his, daisy was his betsy. cow is it daisy or betsy mm-hmm. they, i don't know the crowd was very the, the cr- super the, markish this the, week they were chanting every word that was being said the crowd the phoenix had some great original chants they had a bunch of original ones it was great uh, poor Rowan, by the way, we're quick note, poor Rowan, his entrance still is garbage. And they, just, they yeah. now have like a, a recycle symbol instead of the O in his name, <laughs> which is funny, but his music is still just hot garbage and not the kind you can recycle that janky Appalachian jingly jangly. It doesn't work anymore. It doesn't Banjo music. Get, yeah. get the man you got. They have a, a library of freaking entrance music. Like anything would be better. You have a band, a recording studio dedicated to writing entrance music for these guys called the CFOs. And this is what you give them? It's Rowan. Hi, I'm Rowan. This guy is like, he's 6'5", 6'7", whatever he is. He looks like a beast and he's coming out to jangly, like, come on, man. Get the man some scary music. He's supposed to be an enforcer. He's the most so un threatening when he comes out to this music in a plaid shirt looking like he just got out of philosophy class at berkeley at berkeley <laughs> no you're a uh, bay area boy you know exactly what that I, is <laughs> that's why you think i laughed so hard i've seen that guy panhandling for change on telegraph avenue right so all right let's move on to something else that was Okay, this was You've probably seen a guy wearing that WWE championship up around there too. <laughs> oh, where do you think they found? Dude, they didn't hand make that. They they went out to Berkeley and got that. Yeah. Believe you me. Uh, bought it on the street for five ninety five. So this is a this. Then we get to the bizarre part of SmackDown. 
And I don't even know how to preface this. We had a match. Shinsuke Nakamura had a match with R-Truth to defend his U.S. title, which he just beat Rusev for two nights earlier on the pre-show of of Royal Rumble. He just beat Rusev in a surprise upset. And we were like, whoa. People were like, we thought you guys said Rusev was going to win. We were like, we thought he was going to win because it makes no sense to put it on Shinsuke. You know what else makes no sense? R-Truth rolling up Shinsuke and winning the U.S. title two days later. And In a controversial roll-up that, you know, Kyoto counted, but if you look at the replay, his shoulders were down, but he did kick out. He, he was not pinned. No, he kicked out and then got in Kyoto's face. And by the way, they kept going with the match as though they knew it wasn't going to be a kick out. Like, R-Truth kept throwing legs. So it, it felt like a botch. It felt like a, a total botch. Kyoto was out of position on it. Like, it was... It was if that was not a botched finish, because they didn't address it later, which was the weird thing. Usually when it's a worked botch, they'll say afterwards, or even if it's if it's not a worked botch, like if it's an actual botch, they'll address it later, uh, like with the revival and say, oh no, the ref screwed up. But no, here, it was. It, it looked to all intents and purposes like Kyoto just hadn't seen the kick out in time and he called it on Nakamura. And But Nakamura then uh, you know, was like, all right, I guess I'm, I guess I lost. But then Rusev comes out and says, "Our truth, you're not worthy to beat Nakamura. Only I am." And goes heel, and then has a match with Our Truth. So I'm thinking at this point, I'm thinking, okay, I just, I see what's going on here. There was a screw up at the end of the Shinsuke Nakamura match. They're going to send Rusev out there, and he's going to win the title off of Our Truth because that will make sense, right? And they just they're they're calling it on the fly. Rusev's yeah. going to go out. He's going to go over. He'll get the title back, and it'll be like the last couple of days never happened. We'll be back to yeah, square somebody, one. Somebody botched up the finish of the match. Let's go fix it and put the title on Rusev yeah. for now. Got but it. then yeah. Rusev comes out as a heel and loses in a clean roll-up to R-Truth. And R-Truth is now leaves the show as your new U.S. champion. And later, but not before getting his ass beat by both of them. Sure. But, uh. but, but then backstage, it got weirder because backstage... The Good Brothers face off against Rusev and says, we don't like what you did out there. And Shinsuke Nakamura comes to Rusev's aid. And it looks like we're going to have a tag match next week. Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev teaming up. Rusev told Shinsuke, I'll team up with you this once, but you better not screw me. But they're going to team up next week and face the Good Brothers. So and Shinsuke's going to screw him. We're, we're, are, is he going to? Or are we seeing the formation of a new tag team here? And if we're seeing a new uh, tag team, Why? What is the think? First of all, this hot potato with the U.S. title, I, I don't know about you. Think It makes me think it's totally devalued right now. It has been since Owens dropped it, uh, honestly. It's, I don't know what the hell. I mean, yeah, Shinsuke's title reign did nothing for it. No. Rusev and Shinsuke. Rusev was a face for all of 30 seconds, and now he's back to monster Rusev. Also, I'm scared to death that Rusev and Shinsuke together are going to come across as another foreigner heel team. That's exactly what I think it's going to be. Oh, no. Really? Yep. Oh, no. Yep. Oh, what What was this? What, what was the heel, looking here? So on SmackDown Live, what heel tag teams do you have? You need one. Uh, yeah, I suppose you're they're right. They're all got- over. They're all getting cheered. You need somebody that's, that's mean and bad and boo, boo this man. It, there needs to be some bad ones. It, it would make sense. They're both not doing anything individually. 
I mean, you make really? you make a good point. There's uh, the Colognes never get any TV time, and they're the only other. And the Bludgeon, Bludgeon Brothers are obviously now defunct. So you're right; they are in need of a new heel tag team. And I, there are worse than Rusev and Nakamura. They do have great chemistry. It's just a weird tag team. And as we've said before, we don't. Why, we don't. Why is Shinsuke Nakamura in a tag team? <laughs> Maybe. Come on, guys. No, I don't know. Maybe maybe Rusev's charisma can help get him over. I don't. I don't know. This there's so much that just doesn't make a lot of sense about this to me. I, I've been wrong before. Lord knows it's it's quite possible this could end up being the best thing for both guys. I just don't understand how we got there in the in the the ten twenty minutes of segments that we had tonight. It was it just seems so haphazard. It was Our crazy. Truth is the United States champion, guys. It's weird. Uh, but speaking of tag teams, as you said, we do have we have a lot of face tag teams over on SmackDown right now, and uh, three of them and the one heel team, the Bar, had a fatal four way match to determine the number one contendership. It was an elimination match to determine the number one contendership uh, for the cur- tag team titles currently held by the Miz and Shane McMahon of all people. <laughs> uh, so there will be a tag match at Elimination Chamber for the SmackDown tag team titles. It was the Usos versus the New Day versus the Bar versus Heavy Machinery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they, they got some of their spots in. They looked pretty good in this match. Uh, what, did you, what did you think about Heavy? Those are your boys. What did you think about Heavy Machinery uh, as, ta- as SmackDown tag team, uh, part, part of the SmackDown tag team division? I think they look great. I think they fit right in. Uh, there's, they were the great. The, with Dozovic in there, he's going to be fantastic. He's already, that, he's that already guy. totally over. The people who, it was funny hearing the crowd, the people who hadn't seen the worm before when he did the worm, hearing them go, what? Yep. That was fun. I, I think those guys have a big, future, bright future um, in the tag division. I, they're not going to put the titles on them anytime soon, I don't think, but the fact that they were able to eliminate the New Day, yep. that says a lot. Yep, they took out and the I, pin, I, pin They Kofi. got a lot of confidence in those guys backstage. I hope so, and I hope they stay on SmackDown because while they were on Raw, they were treating them like what I was calling them, which was the new Bushwhackers, which is just a, yeah. a couple of goober idiots who come out and do funny things. And hopefully, they they are a bit more, you know, an entertaining tag team still uh, on SmackDown, but they're allowed to show off their power and that they are legit guys who can go in the ring and they they are contenders. So Tucker's uh, another one of those big amateur wrestlers that has yeah. a huge background and is can actually freaking wrestle. Yep. You know, I, up there with kind of like Jack Swagger kind of level of amateur wrestler. It's another one of those situations where Dozovich has, has the charisma and Tucker's got like the tons of skills. Not that Dozovich doesn't, but, you know, Tucker's the, the meat and uh, Dozovich is the potatoes. I don't know. I a, lot don't, of, a lot of beef in there's here. A, there's, it's just all beef. <laughs> I'm, there's no, no potatoes, just all steaks. But yes. uh, so the Usos. You need some weights. Uh, they got the weight. They sold over 600 pounds worth of weight. The Usos end up going to the Elimination Team match. Usos versus Shane and Miz. Uh, in, one interesting dynamic. Usos are currently, they're always kind of like tweeners. They can go heel or they can be face, but they're, you know, they're over. So they're more face, I think. Yeah. Do you think that's a, an interesting choice to go up against Shane and Miz? Like, how? what do you think about that? What do you think about Usos versus Shane and Miz? Uh, I, I think I would have done... The bar again, really? All, all thing, all things considered, yeah. You don't think that would have been stale? Yeah, it's all going to be stale, but oh. it's all kind of weird. It's 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 either New Day, very facey. Usos currently kind of very facey, but they're the probably like you said, the tweeners, the easy ones to flip. Like they could easily work heel in the match, sure, and go uh, back. And but forth. I, don't, I don't think they will, though. It's they've they've crossed that threshold into that tweener category where 
they're going to get cheered and people are going to dance to their song no matter what. Yeah. I mean, unless they start doing like after match beat downs and stuff like that, just dirty, nasty, you know, cock knocking and stuff like that. Oh, no more cock knocking. We've had enough of that the last year. I, I just don't see the Usos doing that kind of stuff. So it's hard to label them as a heel. So that's, that's, I don't know that this kind of needs that anyway, to be honest with you. Maybe. These, two, these yeah. two groups are going to go put on a killer match, and it's for the championships, and we'll see who comes out. And that's kind of where I was thinking about it, is regardless of the dynamics that they, they put into this, I think it will be a good match, because oh, obviously yeah. the Usos can go, Shane and Miz can go. We'll probably have some fun one-on-one -on -one matches getting there. So I, I think it's fine. Of the options, this is definitely the one I thought made the most sense in hindsight. So yeah. curious, uh, very excited to see where that goes. Uh, we also had Mandy, excuse me, Mandy, Mandy. Mandy. and uh, Sonya Deville declared for the Elimination Chamber as opposed to Raw where you have to win a match on SmackDown. You just have to say, yeah, we're going to Elimination Chamber. But uh, this really, this segment with Mandy and Sonya really wasn't about them being in the Elimination Chamber. It was about explaining why Mandy decided to target Naomi over the last few weeks and tried to ruin her marriage. And her explanation was, back on Tough Enough, she was mean to me and said that uh, I was nothing and that I had a long way to go and all this stuff. She was basically... She broke me up with my boyfriend. She was bullying me and it gave me a complex. My boyfriend broke up with me as a result and that's why I was determined to... Did this explanation work for you? Like, Did this in any way made you, make you sympathize with Mandy or did that have the opposite effect? Sure, it's enough... Imagine if you're 12 years old, you know, it's, it's enough. I really, say, Oh, she, she messed up and my boyfriend broke up with me because of it. No, really hashtag jawbreaker, whatever all that bullshit is. But at the end of the day, I, I at least they explained something and we're not in a hotel room with her in friggin' lingerie. Uh, we're going to get a match out of this. I, I hope we get some more action. Because I, I enjoy what we've seen so far. Well, the action of the Rumble has been yeah. the best stuff so far. Like, their yeah. stuff at the Rumble was the best stuff. I see, whereas I, what I took away from this was it makes Mandy look insane. It makes her look like like fatal attraction insane. Like, yeah. you know, I, like oh, I'm sorry. Someone was mean to you. Someone said some nasty words to you. And you, 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 you fell apart and you crumbled as a result. So, so you're going to ruin a marriage? Right. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, you're insane. You're actively insane. That's your reasoning? Look I, look, I know at the end of the day, the reason they had this whole angle was because they were trying to promote Temptation Island, right? They were trying to push that whole thing. But it's still dumb, and their way out of it was dumb. And it didn't help Mandy at all. I don't, I, I don't think it helped her make her more sympathetic. I don't know if Vince still has his fingers in this, and he wrote that, oh, it makes complete sense. Because <laughs> it doesn't, Vince. It doesn't make any sense. It makes Mandy look even more unlikable. So. Uh, phrasing, sir. I'm, I'm not touching that fingers all in this comment, but uh, we end up with the women in elimination chamber. We've got Tamina and Naya. We've got the riot squad. We've got uh, Mandy, Mandy, Rose and De Sonya Deville. And next week, we're going to find out uh, who the last final team is from Raw. Alicia Fox. What's that? From Raw. From Raw. Yeah. So is it going to be Bailey and Sasha? Or Lisa, Lisa Fox and Nikki Cross. I, I think that's to a... be determined. That's a, yeah, uh, that's a tough one to call right there. Who, yeah. who in the mm. world's going to win that one? All right, so let's assume... Let's assume it's Bailey and Sasha. Just take a flyer and say it's Bailey and Sasha. You got Tamina and Nia, uh, Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan, uh, Mandy the and Sonya Deville. The first ever women's tag champions? And, uh, and who the hell else is it going to be? And Bailey and Sasha. Sasha and Bailey. But what are the other two teams from SmackDown? 
Obviously, the Iconics. I think that's a that's a gimme. The Iconics. Who's the last tag team? I know I've got I my have pick. No idea. I got my pick. I got my pick. And you've been listening to me over the last couple of weeks. You know who it is. I say they call up Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane. I thought they said they were going to be in the Elimination Chamber already. No, they haven't officially announced it yet. They didn't say okay. No, try, they're, I, I thought they're that gonna. was a given already. They're gonna. Yeah, yeah. It's a no-brainer <laughs> yep. at this point. It's gonna. It's gonna be one of those left-field things where what they're. Oh my god. Um, I, because I don't. There's no one for Naomi to team up with, and she's pretty yep. much the only other woman that I can think of. I mean, Naomi, Naomi and Lana. Like, well, excuse me, I can't even say her name. Naomi and Lana. No. Come on, Sasha. No. Hey, last thing here on SmackDown, then we got to get going. Uh, we had a segment where Rey Mysterio comes out, starts giving a promo, and interrupted by Zelina Vega, mm. who says that the only reason that he wants to fight Andrade is to get to her. She starts making all kinds of sexy moves, and Nick starts rolling his eyes because I can't believe we're having yet another angle like this. Oh, here comes Andrade! Just behind him to attack him. Dick heel in a suit. You guys know I love that. Uh, beautiful that suit. is exactly beautiful the thing suit. that I wanted to see. Looks like a million bucks. Oh, God, Andrade. So beautiful. Just, yeah, just rocket straps him. Uh, oh. I, 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 I have to say, a little bit of a man crush on Andrade right now because that uh, <laughs> I, he, I haven't seen someone look better beating somebody down in a long time. He just, well, he's he looked, a little man. It's it's easy to look big and bad when you're beating down a little five foot nothing guy. I, not even big and bad, man. He first of all, he had a beautiful looking suit on. That was and fantastic. It, and suit, he looked yeah. good throwing some legs in that beautiful suit. Like this was just this was good for many 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 reasons. I had and he, he smiles on my DDTs face. him in a suit. Oh, and he get and he get <laughs> well while giving the little Eddie shoulder shake. So now he's throwing some some shade. At oh, Eddie that's too. right. He did he did he did the triple suplex rollout roll throughs. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then shake. Oh, yep. and by the way, if he if you thought he looked good throwing legs in the suit, man, the the leg up suplexes, throwing those legs in the air. Ah, oh. yeah. I got a big old smile on my face. This was good. Also because we did say that uh, with the sort of non finish from the two out of three falls match. Before the Royal Rumble between Andrade and Ray, we suspected that we were going to see more out of these two because, God, they just kept burning down the house every time they had a match. So I'm very happy to report that we are indeed getting more Andrade Cien Almas. I refuse to only call him Andrade. Andrade Cien Almas and Ray Mysterio. We got more coming. Could not, could not be happier. One, one of the best feuds in wrestling right now, if, if I may say it's so. Not, it's not even a feud. It's just I I love the two of them working together. I don't even care what they're feuding yeah. over. I just my just, my jaws on the floor. What's the, there's the applause gif uh, with the kid. Uh, anyway, <laughs> guys, that's it for the main shows this week. But don't go anywhere. We've got a lot more to talk about over in the wide world of wrestling. So starting off with NXT, this was the traditional post-takeover other matches show. Matches that were recorded at TakeOver, but then are broadcast the following week, so everyone gets a week off, plus all the recaps of TakeOver. So not a ton to talk about this week on NXT. We got a couple of matches uh, and a little bit of backstage business that I thought was worthy of talking about. The first match we had was Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane, the tag team I was just talking about that I think will be in the Elimination Chamber. They faced off against Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir, the final two of the four horsewomen of MMA. We haven't seen them do a lot of action. This was, uh, I think, the second or third big match we've seen them really have. I think second one, yeah. I want to say And it was third. against these same two. They had a squash at one point. 
Uh, but it was second, oh, second yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, this is the third second one, one right. against these two. And uh, how do so? How do you rate how they're progressing so far? What did how, what did you think of this match? How do you what did you specifically Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir? We knew Shirai and Sane were going to look fantastic together, and they did. But what did you think of Duke and Shafir? Uh, <laughs> Duke still gives me the wheelies. The wheelies. Oh, really? Like, there's something off, you know, Slenderman ish about her <laughs> her figure that is just very oh. And then now you've got Shafir wearing the, uh, I guess she had sinus surgery or nose surgery or something. Yeah, broke her, broke her nose, actually. Broke her nose back in December. Yeah. yeah. So she's got that, that guard on her face. Which is actually, the two a, of them I think it's a good look for her, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's not bad. Scary. But the two of them just, just scare me. I'm just, I'm terrified of, of both of them. I mean, Shirai, uh, Shirai and, and Kyrie Sane look fantastic. Yeah. It's, if they don't move up as a tag team, they're making a huge mistake. Well, they did pick up um, a pretty strong victory here, and it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to have them stick around when they're obviously so dominant over, you know, two of who are supposed to be the most dominant women in NXT and are the enforcers for the champ. So I think this was a way to send them off with a rocket on their butts up to the main roster. Absolutely. That's, that's, my, Absolutely. that's my theory, was this was their farewell match to NXT. What what did you think of of Duke and Shafir? Uh, they still have a ways to go. I, I I can see that there's still a lot more work that they've got to do before we see this four horse horsewoman feud. At least if you want to have there be a consistent level of quality between everybody involved. Um, but at, at the same time, you know they've got the they've got the ring presence. I think that there's all the potential in the world there. Yeah. Um, and obviously with the amateur background that they have, uh, I've i or amateur professional rather, excuse me. Uh, I think that they, yeah, the sky's the limit. So, and um, I, you know, I, I suspect, I expect to see a lot more business from them in the future in NXT. Like when I was saying that Bianca Belair was going to lose her match at TakeOver, it was because I didn't feel like Shayna had established herself as the champ with enforcers enough. And it wouldn't have made sense to have her have a faction and not be the champ. Like they're, they, these two are there to run down the women's division and soften them up for Shayna. So yeah. without that story being told, it didn't make sense for Shayna to go over. So I see them having a lot of stuff to do in the next few months in NXT, which is good because they need to to warm them up for the inevitable time they're going to have the four, four horsewomen versus the four horsewomen. I am just Sasha Banks and all over the place this week. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, you and Sasha Banks and Kurt Angle combined into some meta meta fumbler of their words. Arr, 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 arr. I just I backstage we had a uh, segment with Sarah Schreiber with Bian- speaking of Bianca Belair and she uh, of all of all things she happened to call out Sam Roberts's comments that she was not ready. She was not good enough. Well, I can't remember the exact words of, that Sam used where we 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 talked about it on our recap show about how where he was giving away the match uh, basically. And I remember there was a lot of uproar in the live chat during the pre-show here but or I'm sorry on uh, takeover. Well, more because of his hair, but also because of his well, yeah. comments. <laughs> Do- Doinko Roberts is that his clown name? Doink, now? Doink Ambrose. Doink Ambrose. Yeah. That's right. But uh, but no, it was more because here's the thing. This to me just feels like a big old work. Uh, Sam Roberts. It it felt like he came out of left field with how he's not this brutal and incisive about anybody. So for him to come out of left field and essentially say that Bianca Belair is unworthy and that this is a waste of a match, I believe was his exact words, because it's Bianca Belair. That just seemed so brutal. And the fact that they're addressing it so head on and, uh, you know, Bianca looking in the camera going, Mr. Roberts, you can kiss my ass. Um, Damn. It, it feels to me like there's an angle here. 
and I'm not sure what it is yet. Um, Sam Sam Roberts is going to get a beatdown in the ring. Well, that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll buy that for five dollars. Yeah. But uh, well, it's also it feels to me like this is the next step in Bianca's story. Like you know, they're the writers were like, we need to have some sort of motivating factor to uh, psychologically push her, and so th- they concocted this whole Sam Roberts angle. It, you know, it's, it was what it sounds like to me. Sam. So, you know, I, I, I can't for a minute believe that's legit what Sam Roberts feels because that does not sound like, as someone who listens to his podcast and you know, seen him on a bunch of WWE programming now, he never sounds like that. He's no. never that brutal. You know, he always tempers it, especially about WWE talent because he knows where his bread is buttered. Right. So it did seem very left field and it makes me... Lucky bastard. It makes me... Th- yeah. It makes me think that he is... This is all something that we're going to see play out in the next few months as part of Bianca Belair's story. I want to talk about what closed the show. Okay. Because there's a lot of a lot of people that I've been pretty high on the Suns and especially Jackson Riker. Yes. Uh, since they've kind of debuted or repackaged or I need to whatever go back. they've done with those guys. I got to go back and find what exactly it was where you said Jackson Riker was going to main event WrestleMania within the next couple of years or something like that. I, I, I agree. I think that what I was getting to is I think that more now than ever. What? I do. I do. Maybe not WrestleMania. Maybe, maybe not main event WrestleMania. He's, he's, the ne- he's being prepared to be the next big beardy heel strong man guy. I'm, I'm, you're laughing. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm, Excuse me. I'll try to compose myself. Go ahead. Yes, please. We're professionals here. Well, one of us is. Not me. I, I can see the allure. Yes, he has a lot of work. Put the Forgotten Sons, the tag team aside for a second. Sorry, Cutler and I don't remember Blake. what your other Wes- name is. Wesley Blake. Blake. Blake, and, Blake and Cutler, yes. Blake and Murphy. Oh, wait, no. Someone else that's, that's fuzzy and bearded. Jackson Riker has my full attention. Right. Because if... If they pull that off, and they're even focusing the camera on him, they're not even showing Blake and Cutler a lot, when the, even though it's their match. So it's telling me, it's signaling a lot of things to me. Okay. I think they believe in him quite a bit. He's got the absolute look. He's cut. He's, he's the size of Drew McIntyre cut like Finn Balor with the, the face of Braun Strowman. Just He's got that whole package thing going down. He's got a little bit of tweaking and a little bit of work to do in the ring. I haven't heard him do much on the mic yet. I think they're doing that intentionally. But I I just, I, I don't know, man. It's a gut hunch. Uh, like John Cena winning the Rumble last year, it's a gut hunch. <laughs> like John Cena getting his 17th at WrestleMania. Yeah, no, yes. it's, see, to me, there's something just not there with the Forgotten Sons to me. They just come off as being way too bland to me. And I agree that Jackson is definitely the, he's the one that catches your eye. His presence and his look uh, is definitely like that's that's the thing that jumps out the most about them. But I don't again, I don't know. I, I have heard rumblings that he's there. You know, first of all, Blake and Cutler both are the, the reason they're called the Forgotten Sons is because they, they just kept going through the NXT system over and over and over again. Nothing ever clicked for them. And I still don't know this click is clicking because they still just come across as a bland tag team to me. And with Jackson Riker, again, I'm hearing rumblings that there's a lot of holes in his game. So for me, it's a big wait and see. Yes, he does he have the look? 110%. When he first came out, you and I both went, who is that? <laughs> because, yeah, he is striking as hell. 
and he, you know, he's got those crazy dead eyes going on. It's and as you said, he's huge and jacked. Like he looks like a million bucks. But there's just something missing from this for me. And putting them against a team like the Street Profits, who, as you recall, I was really down on when they first came out. I was really down on them. I called them too cool part two. Yeah. They are over as hell with me right now. Those guys are the real deal. Both of them. What do you think of their leotard track suits this week? Dude, that was Harlem Heat. That was a Harlem Heat callback. That was amazing. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, it didn't do any favors for Dawson. But, no. it, but <laughs> he had some weird Brestel thing going on there, but uh, you know, it was fine. That's on par with heavy machinery coming out in jeans and no shirt. Yeah, yeah, bad. Mm, no, man, not, no, not, no, no, no. Not for, there's some guys who can pull off the jeans and no shirts look. You are not those guys. <laughs> Harlem Heat can pull off those the, the weird like neck... I don't even know what to call that, like the way that it drapes around their neck and chest. They could pull it off because they were two walking pectoral muscles. These guys, not so much. That being said, whatever was in that costume allowed Montez Ford to jump like 15 feet in the freaking air and do the highest tope con hilo I've ever seen in my entire freaking life. I've never seen a tope con hilo that went that high over the ropes. It was ridiculous. So, Forgotten Sons versus Street Profits. Fun match. Kind of forgettable. Uh, that, that tope was the biggest thing I remember from the match. And aside from that, the memorable thing was the Forgotten Sons won. Pretty clean. I'm going to have nightmares about Jackson Riker staring at me right into the camera. <laughs> he looked into my soul. Oh, my God. He did. Uh, so, so, hey, what's next? Are we are we looking at the are we are we up street profits going up, or are we looking at maybe a Suns push? Because who else we got besides Undisputed Era? Yeah, that's the thing. Is but there's a lot of people in the tag. You got you got Birch and Lorkin. Um, you have a couple of little like thrown together tag teams, but those are all the big ones on the board right now. And so I'm curious if the Suns are getting prepped to go against the War Raiders. If there's going to be some more Undisputed Era versus War Raiders, what was the idea of getting the Street Profits to put over? Uh, the Forgotten Sons. I'm not quite sure what the theory was there because it seemed to me like the Prophets were the next kind of golden children in NXT. Obviously, I don't think, you know, face versus face. You're going to have the Prophets versus the Raiders, but it, to me, it seemed like they were the next ones where they keep putting over guys like, you know, uh, Shane Thorne. This doesn't, it didn't make a whole lot of sense here, but they obviously have some sort well, of plans I think, for, for. I think the mighty getting out of the way uh, paved the way for the Forgotten Sons. I think they're going to be they're going to be the next ones. Uh, maybe and, you know Jackson's going to be right there with them. Oh, uh, I I don't know if they're the right ones for it. I guess is all I'm saying. Don't 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 kill me with your eyes, Jackson. Please, I'm <laughs> I'm professing my love for you and your team. Oh my God. Moving on to two hundred five live. <laughs> uh, Mike Bennett uh, Canellis was finally back on TV, and he had a, and I turned it off. And he oh brutal. Come on, man. He uh he was defeated by Kalisto. They had a match with Kalisto and and lost. Is that a so uh, for so for a guy around whom uh rumors are swirling that he and his wife Maria are are possibly leaving the company. Is this a is this a sign that nah, all is not well in paradise? Uh, is, the rumor was that they had asked for their release and then Maria vehemently denied that they asked for it even though somebody else had come out and said they were denied their Asked their request. Uh, there, who knows what the hell is but going Mike on? But Mike Bennett Canellis is still opening 205 Live and losing to Kalisto. And B- Maria Canellis was in the Royal Rumble match. So, well, and, uh, who, and who knows? Ruining the middle of the Royal Rumble match, if I might add. 
Agreed. ruining it. Uh, with uh, Give some of that credit to Alicia Fox as well, please. Oh. Especially her goofy-ass entrance, whatever the hell that was. Uh, Alicia redeemed herself on, on a number of things in that match. Okay, but fine. She did. Did you see that tilt-a-roll back breaker she gave to uh, Casey Catanzaro? It was beautiful. At any rate, uh, so that happened. We had Humberto Carrillo. Uh, he got uh, talked about by Drew Gulak and Jack Gallagher. As you know, Carrillo is the newest addition to 205 Live, recently up from NXT. The kid is... Ugh, the sky is a limit. If you haven't heard me talk about him before on this show, he's the former Ultimo Ninja from Mexico. He is so incredibly talented. I'm glad he's already on 205 Live, and I'm glad he's going to be working with Gulak and Gallagher. Those are great ones to work with. Gulak looks like he's going back to his old gimmick about being against high flyers, wanting to ground them, getting technical. So hopefully this will be um, a good feud for the two of them where Carrillo can show off his high-flying stuff as kind of, of, of hot spots. You know, get the crowd fired up while Gulak is trying to ground him. So yep. we had a bit where Tony Nice got suspended for brawling with Noam Dar. Uh, Buddy Murphy said, he I, I can't be happy that, uh, that Nice... Beat up Dar, I can't really talk about it, but you know, Dar kind of deserved it. I'm wondering if we're heading towards a Noam Dar and Buddy Murphy feud. I don't think Noam Dar is the man to take the title off of Murphy, so it's probably just going to be a time kill if that's the case. But I don't know. Uh, with his return, I remember saying that he could be the next one to go up against Buddy Murphy, and we just we really, we really haven't seen it yet. So go up against, sure. Win? No. 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 <laughs> no. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't know who's beating Murphy at this point. I don't think they've got anybody ready to beat him. Murphy's the best thing to happen to the cruiserweights since Neville. Uh yeah. Let's be clear. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I I would have to agree to you with you that that's he's he's money. Uh, as we mentioned earlier in the show, Hideo Itami went out on his back this week on two hundred five live. Lost to Tazawa, who of course the week before he beat um, in that triple threat match. So, a bit of redemption for Tozawa. He gets his win back, and Atami goes out putting over his buddy. So, that was a nice little thing as yay. well. Yay. 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 Uh, some more things we're going to talk about in the, wild, the wide world of wrestling here. It's like I went to the dentist today. My mouth is still numb. Uh, we have Worlds Collide coming up this Saturday. Uh, of course, this is one where they've got a bunch of guys from, it's what, six guys, five guys from uh, six from every brand. And... Uh, It's from NXT 205 Live and NXT UK, and there's going to be a tournament going on, and the winner of the whole tournament gets to have a title shot on the brand of their choice. From NXT, You were right. It is five guys. I'm sorry. uh, From NXT, it is Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, Shane Thorne, formerly of the Mighty. Okay. Okay. Dominic Dijakovic. Dijak. Thank you. And Keith Lee. And from 205 Live, Umberto Carrillo, Cedric Alexander, Tony Nese, Drew Gulak, TJP. From NXT UK, Tyler Bate, Travis Banks, Jordan Devlin, Zach Gibson, and Mark Andrews. So that's all going to be happening this Saturday. It's starting, if you want to watch all like the early episodes of it, uh, at 12 Eastern, 9 Pacific for the first rounds. But then the, uh, the main the semifinals and the finals go on at 5 p.m. Uh, uh, Pacific time, 8, 8 p.m. Eastern time on the WWE Network. That'll probably be a lot of really good matches. Can, can, speaking and I'm glad, and I'm glad they have stakes, by the way. I'm glad they have stakes for it, too. That's kind of cool. Oh, hell yeah. That's going to be... I love that, in that the style of the tournament. Bring in 15 dudes, and the winner gets a shot at whatever title they want. Yeah. Hell yes. Dude, this is... Speaking of NXT UK, real quick, can we just talk about 
Walter beating the shit out of a dude real quick. You know, I had that in my my other news section down in the lightning round at the end of the show, but let's talk about <laughs> I, I it now. I saw that, but I let's think talk it's about worthy it enough to not be buried in the lightning round. <laughs> buried? How dare the- you, sir? That's one of my favorite <laughs> segments of the show. You <laughs> son of a bitch. You take that back. Okay. All right, talk about Walter. Walter is, has arrived, folks. And they gave him a tiny little Irishman this week in Jack Stars <laughs> with perfectly milky white skin for a giant... <laughs> palm of of walter to appear on with one chop oh uh, okay so we he chopped him one time join us in our facebook discussion group to see what we're talking about uh I, when i watched uh, when i watched this week i quickly but when it found it on ww.com it's a video of the part of the match where little poor little poor little jack stars was running around the ring trying to get away from walter at one point he chopped him which of course is the worst thing you, it's like it's like slapping a bear in the mug when it comes to walter uh We've been telling you about Walter. If you didn't know about Walter, this was your introduction, and what a perfect introduction it was because Walter basically finally chased down Jack Stars and gave him a chop, a single chop on his chest that hurt me. It hurt my ancestors. Like it, it just was a classic Walter <laughs> chop. And I posted in the comments after I posted that video the aftermath. Um, which is just this gigantic, you could have gotten fingerprints off this palm print on f- poor little Jack Stars' chest, just bleeding, just uh, it, b- it blood It looks like a pops. six-year-old in kindergarten took a red marker and outlined his hand on Jack Stars' <laughs> chest. <laughs> the best part was uh, one of our listeners, Jared, posted an interview that they had with Jack Stars afterwards, <laughs> and the interview comes up to him and goes, uh, so how are you feeling, Jack? And Jack just goes, yeah, I've been better. I'm, I'm in a lot of pain. Um, yeah. And he's just like, he was like, he was shell-shocked. He, 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 he hits hard. He hits really, really, <laughs> really, really hard. I, I'm not really very happy right now. Um, I'm sorry. I'm going to go in the corner and cry uh, and drink lots and lots of Guinness. So it, this was, <laughs> I was laughing my ass off this interview. It's just the funniest thing I've ever seen. Talk about a great way to put someone over where it's, it looked like he'd been beaten by his father. <laughs> he was so and realistically he, was so he got hit one time you know at the end of the day uh he, get, well, he also got a pretty nasty suplex on the ring apron but it, you know oh in that power bomb jesus christ that power bomb <laughs> all right so at the end of the day he got murdered walter beat the shit out of him <laughs> basically <laughs> <laughs> this uh, little five foot four irishman as we as we've oh. said before man we've we've seen walter live the dude is legit he will the, the sound of his hand hitting people's chests is just one of the I still remember the look in Brody King's eyes when we were talking to him before going into the ring against Walter. And we were like, you ready for this, dude? He's like, I don't know, man. This <laughs> 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 is going to suck. Uh, all right. So moving on, we're going to talk about New Japan. Uh, it's going on. It's, it's, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> just still stuck on uh, the look in Brody King's eyes. Uh, New Beginning Tour is going on right now. They've just come over to the U.S. after doing a couple of dates in Japan for the New Beginning. Uh, in Japan, while they're in Japan, at Karakuen Hall for his final match in New Japan. And this was really sweet. Kushida, one of the greatest wrestlers in the world, probably one of the greatest juniors of all time. Kushida had his final match with New Japan. It's looking extremely likely he'll be going to WWE. They've been hunting him for years. There's rumors out there that he might get poached by AEW. Uh-uh. He's going to WWE. He's always wanted to be in WWE. Yeah, and his gimmick this is, is kind of a dream come true come for on, him. Come on, man. He he literally is Japanese Marty McFly. Like, this is yeah. what he's always freaking wanted. 
So, come on. So, he had his final match with Hiroshi Tanahashi. And this is very special. The, the way that New Japan works with the juniors and heavyweights, if you're a junior, you don't get to face the heavyweights unless it's for the never open weight belt. So, he's never had a chance, I believe. He's not, I don't think he's ever had a one-on-one with Hiroshi Tanahashi. So, and right now, Hiroshi's the champ. And it was a non-title match, uh, which makes sense given the rules in New Japan and how they, how they work that. But it was definitely a big, big, big honor that his final match with New Japan was with Hiroshi Tanahashi, the legend that he is. So that was, that was very cool. He did, of course, lose. Let, let's be clear. Oh, of course. <laughs> he, tapped, oh, yeah. he tapped out. But at the same time, it was, and it, was a, it was a wonderful match. Afterwards, Jay White, of course, is going on, a, he's going on a little feud with Tanahashi right now. He came out to get some heat, but that didn't stop after he got chased off. Didn't stop Tanahashi from shaking Kushida's hand and Kushida leaving to a hero's goodbye at the end of it all. Uh, we also recently, last night in L.A., New Japan was here at the Globe Theater, where I usually see PWG. Juice Robinson and Tracy Williams versus uh, Rapongi, not 3K, but uh, a little bit of Rapongi, R- Rocky Romero and Trent Beretta. And uh, that's building up for tonight in North Carolina, right near you, sir. We got Juice Robinson facing off against Trent Beretta. Again, just a solo match, which uh, Juice is the U.S. champion. It is for the belt, I believe. And there is no way in hell that Beretta is going to win because something we're going to talk about again in our other news segment, Beretta will not be around New Japan much longer. Mm. Stay, stay tuned to hear about that. Uh, New Japan will be going back to Japan in the next couple of days to get some good matches. As we said earlier in the show, we're going to have Tanahashi and Okada teaming up more against the Bullet Club guys, Jay White, Bad Luck Fallet, Chase Owens, etc. Uh, uh, Los Ingobernables de Japón and Suzuki Gun are having another big feud between the two factions, which is fine with me. As long as these two factions are feuding, I'm a happy boy. Yes. Always a happy boy. We're getting like a... The epitome of fight forever. Dude, <laughs> just, just two great factions who just love trying to kill each other. You got Sonata facing off against Suzuki in a one-on-one oh. match coming up. Um, on the 3rd of February 3rd in Sapporo, you've got Naito versus Taichi for the IC title. Nice. Uh, Taichi's been taking it to Naito in the last few days to build up for that. And then finally, in Osaka on February 11th, we're getting not only a junior heavyweight title match between Ryusuke Taguchi and Taiji Ishimori. Taguchi has actually been doing a lot of like really, like he's been leaving the comedy outside the ring lately. So I'm actually looking forward to that match. We also have the big one, Tanahashi and Jay White for the IWGP heavyweight title. So lots of good mm-hmm. stuff coming up. Lots of stuff we'll be talking about the next few weeks going on in New Japan. Yes. Uh, well, hey, let's take it back to L.A. and talk about the 200th edition yeah. of PWG. PWG 200. They f- the card has been revealed. They have. Jeff Cobb is going to be fighting Bandito for the World PWG World Championship. Yeah, speaking of Walter, Jeff Cobb did take the PWG Championship off of him uh, recently, back in October, I believe. Uh, so Jeff Cobb is currently your champion. He's also the TV champion over in Ring of Honor, and it's a, I'm curious to see if he drops the title to Bandito. They're both in Ring of Honor actually right now, so it wouldn't it would make sense for Jeff to retain here. But that should be an awesome, awesome, awesome match. Also an awesome match: the Rascals defending their tag belts against LAX and the Lucha Brothers, uh, Pentagon and uh, and Phoenix. That's going to be a baller match. Brody King yeah, versus no Brody King versus Darby Allen. Ozzy Open versus the Best Friends, Chucky e. T and Trent Beretta. A uh, couple other matches. It's going to be a great show. It's on March first, so I will try and get myself to that and report back about what goes down in PWG. Yes. 
Well, guys, uh, before we get out of here, we as always, we got to do some listener questions. If you want to get on on the listener questions, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for that $5 tier or more. Or more. Yeah, there's other rewards you can do as well. But everybody in the $5 tier and up is included. You can uh, submit your questions every single week throughout that month. This week's question comes in from Will James. Is the R-Truth title win just a quick bridge and favor for him losing his Rumble spot? Or do they have any plans for him given he actually is fairly over with the crowd? That's, that's a good point. This is an interesting question because as we said in the SmackDown segment, this didn't seem to make a lot of sense on the surface. Uh, and a lot of the things he brings up here are things that that crossed my mind too. Is like, Was this a favor to R-Truth for getting beat down by Nia Jax and losing his spot in the Rumble? He has been really over recently. But here's the thing. It's never stopped them before from having R-Truth be made a fool of and get beaten down and just left and then be off TV for weeks afterwards. They've never had... He's been over for years. He's always been over with the crowds. No matter what, whenever he comes out, that dumb song he sings, people always sing along. They always go, what's up, back at him. All right? He's been over. This is nothing new. He's particularly over right now. He's had a good run for the last few months. But... this is nothing that like blows me away and goes, oh, it's worthy of a title run. So to answer Will's question here, and thank you, Will, for the question, um, I don't know what their plans are. It does. This does not seem to make much sense on the surface to me. Uh, and I don't know how long he's going to keep the title. We, we just saw this title hot potatoed around to three different people in the matter of 48 hours. So this is bizarre to me do you have any yeah, idea do you, have, do you have any idea like any speculation on what this is nick i completely stand with what will was saying here i do think it's a favor i do think it's long overdue uh he is very over with the crowd having carmella as a sidekick helps uh there's all kinds of reasons to have him as on one of the lower card titles so i i i, I agree with all of this i if shinsuke and 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 rusev want to go do something go do something else let our truth have the u.s title it's a lot of fun. There's, there's no reason why he shouldn't have it. And being able to continue to overcome all of these opponents that will come at him from the lower mid card for the U.S. title, that's great stuff. That keeps everybody working. That keeps everybody in the picture. Have some big matches. Have some big contenderships. Have some open challenges. There's The, the U.S. title has always been one of my favorite because it's almost the most versatile. You can do anything you want to with it, and you can put it into any kind of stipulation or situation. I don't know, such as putting it back on Shinsuke and then, or, or sorry, taking it off of Shinsuke and then having Russo come out and losing it as well. You say versatile. I say they don't know, always know what to do with it. They just do it. They, they just throw it around. It's just like, potato, oh, potato. Depends on your perspective, yeah, right? I, I, I like the skeptically optimistic. I like the, or are you, yeah, yeah, I like the unsuspected kind of, you know, switcheroo. <laughs> switcheroo. Yeah, I, I, they're putting on our truth right now. I wonder who will take it off of him. Lars Sullivan. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Next, with our truth, definitely think it's a very curious situation. And again, yes. Will, thank you for your question. And to everybody else, if you do want to ask a question, as Nick said, please go over to Patreon and uh, join up with us, help support this show, and get your questions on the show that we may speak to you in person and communicate yes. with y'all. And it's a lot of fun for us, and hopefully, it's a lot of fun for you. Uh, Wait, we're not done yet, though. Oh, we're not done. Oh, Don't go anywhere because oh. we've still got some other news over in the lightning round. My, beep, 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 my beep, favorite beep. segment, finally. 
Thank you, Nick. Uh, it has just been announced, actually. This is breaking news as of like right before the show. AEW announced they will be having their ticket party, their ticket uh, announcement party on uh, Thursday, February 7th. They are, Where is said party? Uh, it will be at the Splash Pool at the MGM Grand Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. This is all going down at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, they're going to be doing a lot of announcements. Uh, they said that they're going to be talking about, uh, let's see, let me let me quote Wrestling Observer here. They will reveal spectacular new signings, exciting new partnerships, ticket on sale information, which I need because I got to be able to know when to get money to pay for the tickets so I can go to this show, and a surprise special guest. Mm, I, Jericho, maybe? Uh, no. How about this? This week uh, on Being the Elite this week, the uh, the show ended with a cliffhanger where a countdown clock started for Kenny Omega. And the uh, the clock ends on the day of the ticket party. So, and seeing as it will be in February, and Kenny's contract with New Japan is up at the end of January, I think it's fairly obvious where Mr. Omega will be ending up and when we will see him where. Very nice. So I'm so happy for him. I, I really, I needed him to go with those guys not come to WWE, if I'm being completely honest. I think he would have been insane to go to WWE, given his history with the Young Bucks and the Elite, uh, and given the freedom that he will allegedly have in AEW. Um, if he can get the kind of money from AEW that he would have gotten from WWE, but still kind of do the matches he wants to do, there is no reason in the world why he would want to come to WWE. Yeah. You know, he can, yeah, it just, he can go be the Ric Flair of AEW. As opposed to just being another guy in WWE, I, I think fighting Jackson Riker in NXT. I think that anybody who is thinking about going to WWE needs to look at Shinsuke Nakamura as far as how they handle people who have a certain amount of international presence. And obviously, that's a that's a whole topic right there. And how much of that falls at Shinsuke's feet is a is a topic of discussion. But come on, man. Look at Shinsuke in, new, in NXT. Look at Shinsuke in the main roster. Anybody from anywhere needs to look at that when they're thinking about going to WWE. Um, moving on. Jake Hager, also known as Jack Swagger, had his first Bellator match. We talked about this last week, how he was going to be facing uh, his first opponent in Bellator. He was, he was introduced to the ring by R-Truth. R-Truth came out and wrapped him to the ring, and he won. Pretty dominantly in the first uh, first couple of minutes. Two, two, two fifteen, I think yeah, is what it was. Triangle hold, and he uh, put the guy down. So good job. Uh, he did not see him punk himself. He went out there and actually won his first match. So good job. To be fair, Punk also didn't start in Bellator. Let's be clear about that. To be fair, Jack Swagger also Jake Hager used to be an all American pro, like all American wrestler, amateur wrestler. The dude has you know actual history where CM Punk has no actual combat history. So right. there's also that. Uh Ember Moon, as we mentioned before, is legit injured. She has to go have elbow surgery. Will be out quote for a while. So we don't know what that means. Uh elbow surgery likely, I would guess six months at least. So she will probably be missing WrestleMania. Sucks for Ember. Any, new any news on whether this was ongoing or if it's something that happened like during the Rumble match or she had did it, Nia Jax get a hold of her in the Rumble match or something? She had it from before the Rumble. She apparently you know, worked whatever with 40 minutes, something like that, in the Rumble with a bum arm. So hmm. she said, you know, if I can do that with one arm, imagine what I can do once I have both my arms back. So that was kind of her press release on that. So hopefully, yeah, get better soon, Ember. Um, hopefully when you come back, they have something for you to do. 
Speaking of AEW, we have a couple more people that we know will be going there. Sammy Guevara, who we know from a lot of things yes. here in LA, and Kylie Ray will both be going to AEW. As I mentioned earlier, Trent Beretta uh, was supposed to be giving a supposed to be getting a push in New Japan, uh, but he apparently is walking away from that. And the best friends look like they're going to be going to AEW as well. He and Chucky e. T will be going to AEW. So Trent going all in with AEW and leaving behind what was starting to become a promising career in New Japan. So interesting. Mm. Interesting. Uh, Sarah Logan, this is a, a cute little tidbit. If you watched the uh, beginning of TakeOver Phoenix, you remember the Vikings that were standing on stage and introducing the War Raiders? I, oh, you're asking me. I'm asking I'm, you. I'm you, remember, you remember, what I'm, you remember yeah. that? Of course I do. It was my favorite part of the show. Yeah, well, okay. Remember how... Uh, how recent- I'm kidding. It was not my favorite part of the show, but it was awesome. <laughs> I thought that was your favorite part of the show. You loved it so much, as I recall. I did. I really, really did. No joke. Well, there you go. Um, well, Sarah Logan was one of those Vikings. Go figure. Neat. Uh, it, it was cool. It's a, yeah. it's a, cool, it's a cool little... Uh, well, because she, she is married to one of the War Raiders, as we know. She's married to Roe. Wait, she's not a redneck from Kentucky? Yeah, she likes that game meat. She likes that game okay. meat. I'm, she likes that game I meat, but she also, she likes that game meat, but she also likes being a Viking for her new hubby. And apparently <laughs> apparently, a few other people in their Viking wedding party were actually with some of the Vikings as well. So just a cool, cool. cool, cool, little, cool little note. Uh, other thing to note, there is speculation that Jericho is still going to be having a working relationship with New Japan, even though recently he said on his podcast that he was done with New Japan. There is still some stuff swirling. You can never believe a single word that Jericho says. Uh, apparently, he still wants to have one more match with New Japan, at least, with Tanahashi. Appar- oh. Apparently, he's still gunning for the big dog himself. So Jericho might be going to AEW, but he might still be doing some other stuff with New Japan. And you know as well as I do, nobody tells Jericho what to do. He's just going to do whatever the heck he feels like doing. So we may be seeing him back in New Japan sooner rather than later. Uh, Also in news of people going to other promotions, Ricochet has just been announced to appear in Evolve. As we know, Evolve now having a working relationship with WWE. They've been getting a lot of their NXT stars over there recently, including Johnny Gargano, uh, the the uh, Street Profits, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he, uh, uh, Fabian Eichner, he's going to be at uh, Evolve number 123 and 124, which will be on March 15th and 16th. So Ricochet has been in Evolve quite a bit before, so this will be a nice little homecoming for him as well. Nice. And then the final note of the week, Brock Lesnar has not renewed his sponsorship with Jimmy John's sandwiches. What? Yeah, I know. That iconic little logo that's always been on his trunks will be no more. And the headbands or toboggans? No or more. Whatever you call no them. No more Jimmy John's. Wow. Yep. Okay. Brock, man, Brock trying to go face with me. Look at this. <laughs> Brock getting over with me. I, I, I'm I, not a fan of Jimmy John's. Uh, yeah, Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's. You and me, my Jersey, Jersey Mike's forever. Long, you guys long have Jersey to understand, Mike's. since we got a few minutes here, about every day for a year and a half, <laughs> Ian would bring over Jersey Mike's sandwiches. So Jersey Mike's, if you're listening, we would love to have you as a sponsor of the show. We'd love your delectable sandwiches. Jersey Mike's actually might be the closest thing to a, sh- a show sponsor that we've had so far, just because when I think about recording the catering. show, <laughs> catering, when I think about recording the show, I think about the taste of Jersey Mike's because we would always have a Jersey Mike sandwich before recording the show. It was, it was like a routine. Oh, so. man. see, now I'm getting the feels again. Stop <laughs> it. So, I'm becoming verklempt. So if you guys see us getting a Jersey Mike sponsorship anytime soon, 
then uh, uh, you'll know what happened. You'll know why. You, you will have heard about it first. I'm going to make that phone call tomorrow. Dude, that's, yeah, do it. Do it. We always love eating, jer- eating Jersey Mike's before the show. I'll even record the voice. Dude, I will, I, will do, I will happily do a commercial every week. <laughs> I will happily do a Jersey Mike's commercial every week. Ugh. Well, guys, that's the show for this week. We are headed towards Elimination Chamber. Got a couple weeks to go, but it's not too far off. I think it's about three weeks from Sunday. So get ready. Elimination Chamber, one of my favorite pay-per-views of the year. Uh, we're right around the corner. Then it's Fast Lane. Then it's WrestleMania. It's going to be here before you know it. We're going to have all the commentary, all the coverage of everything you need to know going into all of these pay-per-views. We're going to be doing live chats for all of them, so be ready for that. But you got to be in the Busted Wide Open discussion group to participate. So head on over to Facebook, search for Busted Wide Open, send a join request to the group, and we will get you in and so you're ready to go for all of those. Also, come and hit us up and give us a follow on Twitter at BWO Podcast. Also on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. I know we've been promising it for some time. We are in the final technical f- testing phases of going live. It, it, it's imminent. It's only a matter and, of time before we get that beautiful Naya shrine starting to get built. And you'll all be able to <laughs> see it, it behind Nick. Ian has a sneak peek right now that uh, there is a big clean wall right behind me that you got. We're, we're going to dress up with a lot of stuff, including... That shrine, but not until we get to 20 patrons. That was the stipulation. (laughs) So if you want to see that happen, you got to go over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of our awesome reward tiers where you can interact with the show. Sign up your friends, sign up your parents, sign up your dog. We got to get, we got to get to this number so we can get this Nia Jax shrine going on. We are currently at nine. So we need 11 more people at at least $5 tiers. And the Nia Jax shrine nine, in the backdrop 991 begins. left, and so we get the Nia Jax tattoo. Wait, what? You, no, you know, the, it, Nia, listen, the, Nia, the Nia Jax tattoo. Not, I did not agree to getting, that last week, that sir. You were getting, when we reach 1,000 patrons, Nia Jax tattoo. It's on the way. Uh, your girlfriend, Esther, is in on this with me. She's going to hold you down, and I, we'll, 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 we'll drug you. It'll be beautiful. We have a most, what? the most delicious Nia Jax tattoo ready for I've already oh, got it boy. all planned out. It's going to be amazing. Well, we got a long way to go for that. We're going to be like episode 1,000 by the time we get there. It'll be when you least expect it. (laughs) Well, guys, that's it for our show. Thank you very much for turning in. Thank you very much, Will, for your patronage and the listener question this week. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at DatacenterDude. I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.